Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 894 with Jack Piper. You have to find that balance of what, what do you expect from them and what's fair because they're not built by you. They, I mean, let's be honest. It isn't their restaurant. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Today's episode is brought to you by DiagioBarAcademy.com, and I cannot be more excited to be partnering with Diageo because we have such similar missions. We want to share knowledge and transform the industry. Diageo Bar Academy equips bartenders, servers, managers, and hospitality professionals with the insights, stories, and tools to be better They are consistently raising the bar on industry standards, and no matter what your skill level is or knowledge or availability, there's something for you at DiageoBarAcademy.com. They have master classes and live events, and if you can't make those master classes or live events, there's recordings, so you can watch it on demand at your convenience at www.DiageoBarAcademy.com. That is D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. Get over there. Today's episode is brought to you by Margin Edge, a restaurant management software that uses POS integration and invoice data to show you your food cost in real time. Margin Edge gives you your prime cost daily, so there's no surprises at the end of the month. By totally digitizing your back office, your team saves hours on paperwork and gets instant insights to manage food costs, labor, and budgets in the moment, not weeks after the period ends with supply chain disruption and labor shortages. Making real-time data-driven decisions is more important than ever. Because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, Margin Edge is going to cover your onboarding costs. That means you get 60 days free to get started and up and running before you make your first payment. To learn more, head to me.marginedge.com slash restaurant hyphen unstoppable or find the banner in the show notes. Now, I know you know about Plate IQ, but do you know about Plate IQ's new spend management feature? Okay, let me tell you about it. Plate IQ now offers a new spend management feature, which allows you to issue virtual or physical cards directly with Plate IQ card. With Plate IQ card, there's no credit check, no minimum bank balance, and no personal guarantee required. This feature is great for small restaurants who want to eliminate expense reporting for their employees, but cannot get a corporate credit card issued easily. And I've got to tell you that with Plate IQ card, you can get up to 1% cash back. And you cannot forget that Plate IQ still offers bill pay, incredible insights, and custom approval workflows. To learn more, head to plateiq.com slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, you can save 25% off implementation. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's <laughs> guest, co-founder of Jimmy Jack's Rib Shack, Jack Piper. Jack, my man, are you feeling unstoppable today? I'm feeling unstoppable. I cannot <laughs> wait to get into this this interview. Uh, special thanks to Sav and Sam for helping me introduce introducing me to really everyone in Iowa. They, they've been so supportive. You were at the top of the list of people wow. I needed to talk to. So I need to give them a big thank you. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm excited <laughs> to dive into your story, but let's get that motivation inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra what do you got for us um 
recently, this is it. Win your morning, win your day. Win your morning, win your day. Dive into it. Why is it so important to win your morning? Uh, it's like as long I tell my team, man, you got to plan. Come in early, get your ducks in a row, get everything lined up. Um, you know, check your phone messages, uh, check everything, and as long as you're set and flat-footed for the day, you're going to be good to go. Yeah. If you walk in late or unprepared, you know, we're in a business of complete chaos every day. Not complete chaos, but controlled chaos. And every day there's something, you know, we don't know how many orders. We don't know how many briskets we're going to sell. We don't know how many rips. So it's, it's going to constantly be changing. So if you can tick the box of the controllables, yes, you know, of what you can control, we've got, we went a long ways. Yeah. So I, mean, it's, I it's think just, Stephen R. Covey talks about this when he says, you know, you got to attack the rocks first. What are the most important things? The rocks, the things that you have to get done, get those out yeah, of the way. Eat the frog. You, yeah. Eat the frog. Like there's so many, this is so important. You're really hitting a vein with me too, because just the, the, like, the, the power of habit in morning routines and I'm not perfect, but I, it's, it's so true what they say. If you just start and you track it and you, you look at the calendar, like you have a calendar to track these things, you get better over time. And even like the, the short six months I've been really focusing on doing this, it just makes a huge difference, man. It's to win your morning by winning your wait, say it one more time. Win your morning, win your day. Yes, man. Great way to get this thing started. Uh, awesome. So where does it make sense to start sharing your story? Where, where should we go to? Um, I, I think there's a, there's something to be said. Uh, my, my business partner, Jimmy, James, Jimmy yeah. Adrian, um, somebody once said, he goes, you know, he, he started in a deli. Um, I started, my first job was in a restaurant. And they said, yep, whatever your first job, that's what you can do the rest of your life. Um, so I, I was fortunate enough that my, my first, I mean, it literally at 16, uh, and I, I talked to you about this a little in my, my bio, was the Sioux family. And, and this was a, a, you know, this was, I mean, do you want me to keep rolling? Yeah, trying to, trying to I mean, restaurant. We're going all the way yeah. back to 1984. Yeah, yeah right. You know, ago. and so they trained me right. I mean, this they were they 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 made food that was Chinese, but it was traditional. How old were you in 1984? 16. 16. Okay. 15. So it was great That's because your first job. Yeah, and I talked to you about like, well, it was family. There was a papa Sue. There was a mama Sue. There was the two sons. They had come over from China. They had worked in Chicago. Uh, the front of the house is where I kind of kept myself. That's why like I, even I started learning that was this guy, Mike Sue, was so on point. He was he talked about how he they uh, counted the silverware each night. I mean, these restaurants where they work, wow. uh, Papa Sue could take, I don't even know what this is called, when they take the dough and they roll it out and they end up making like a thousand noodles. Have you ever seen these guys do this with flour? I think, I mean, I've seen it, but I don't know what it's called. That is like tra- traditionally trained, you know, authentic I mean, they were still doing Mongolian beef, and they were doing yeah. crab rangoons and all that. Um, to walk you through, every Saturday morning, um, the restaurant was shut down, the team machine was cleaned, and I went around with a spoon. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making this stuff. You can't make this stuff up. And a team of us would start on one end of the restaurant with the carpeting, and we would pick the rice out. What, you would walk around the no what? on our we'd get on the ground you go because rice gets in the carpeting. Oh, okay. And this That's is your what house. I thought I this heard. house has to be taken care of like perfection. So oh you gosh. literally, you, you got so fast of a team. I mean, this was, this takes like taking care of the house. This was the most spotless restaurant, one of them I've ever worked in. That's crazy, man. But at the same time, <laughs> this is exactly what the show is about. It's to paint a picture of what people th- the best do to be the best, you know, to work these things, these, these details into systems and daily routine. It's important. You said you did this every day. No, no. Every Saturday. Every, sa- every Saturday. Still- like you'd get in early 
and the whole team. I mean, this was the other thing that I learned. I think a valuable lesson was everybody. Yeah. Everybody had a task to do. You know, got to lead by example. I mean, if you're not, uh, you know, what what is it? If you're a lieutenant in the Marines, you know, you're right in the trenches with those guys. Well, you know, you're leading. And if you don't lead by example, it just doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some, I, it's so antiquated, so old school, but How I don't do you know. find that bounce? Because I feel like, yes, 100% agree. Lead by example. Don't tell somebody to get in their hands and knees and pick rice out of the carpet <laughs> if you're not willing to do it yourself. But at the same time, they say that you got to create layers between yourself Correct. and the work because you can't be picking you know if you're the owner of the restaurant you can't be on your hands and knees all day picking stuff out of the carpet you got other things yeah. to no to. delegate delegate that, 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 that i think that's definitely a growth as you grow um and if you try to expand or you do more you know the more you do you you're gonna have to start trusting people and yeah. you're gonna have to teach them um I, this is kind of a segue but this is when i listen to your show i think it's pretty cool i was this is another just when I say you have to be able to do everything, be everywhere, um, this weekend, awesome. My son's 11th birthday, so I kind of took the weekend off, but I still came through. And I walked in, there's a kid uh, named Tony. He's been with us six months. I think he's 17 years old. And he straight face looks at me and goes, Jack, what do you do? <laughs> What's your job? And I went, wow, that's a great question. Because I would tell everybody you have to have the question. And I go, well... I thought, I'm, I'm learning to take a moment and to think. And I said to myself, well, my job is to take care of like the managers. So they come to me and I take care of them. And I answer their questions and I teach them and give them motivation and help them. And then their job is to take care of you and make sure you have everything you need and that your questions are answered. And then it trickles down and your job is to do the best in the cooking and take care of the guest. Yeah. So it... I guess that's a simple by example is like you, you don't you've got to be able to be agile, I guess, and answer any questions anytime. It's a great answer too. you give them a lesson on servant leadership right there. You know, yeah. two birds, one stone. I love yeah. it. Just we're all paying it forward. That's another one of my favorite quotes. Just pay it forward, man. I love it. all man. the people that work for me know um, this is kind of weird off segue. I, I really don't try to keep my managers. I have a huge amount of pride of, of like you go on and on of my managers that have went on and went on to better things. Yes. My job is to train you, not not to have you be two percent or five percent of some company and be you know the the managing partner killing yourself every day. I'm like, no, no, go now. I will help you. I have so many Sam will tell you, I have so many success stories. And now I go back to them because they've opened their own restaurants. Yep. But I'm always my goal is that I just say pay it for it. I'm paying yeah. it for it with you. Now get out there. And do it for someone else. I mean, I, I've been I've been echoing that sentiment for a while now. This mentality, but w- the way I say it is, is, your job is to push people out of your restaurant, not by being a shitty boss, by making sure that they go on and do yeah. bigger and better things, and giving them the, the tools and resources to do that. But when you do that, it tends to be that you people don't want to leave, right? Or well, they come back, or they become a future business. I think if they're like whatever. me, <laughs> and they're good, they want it. They want it. I think the really the game changers won't be happy in a in a in a in a an association. I yeah. you know they they want to go do their own thing. So let's go back to China Garden Restaurant, which is what we were talking about. the The name of this family again was the Sioux. The Sioux family. Yeah. Uh, so they taught you about leading by example and the attention to detail and just caring and giving an F. Yeah. What else did they teach you before moving on? I got a. I was thinking about this is 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 really as like an adolescent. You know, I was into punk rock and you know, Fear the Clash. I was like ah. Um, 
but by going there is what it was was I just embraced the structure and I embraced their excellence. Um, and the food was just ridiculous. You know, me and my business, you know, Jimmy, we talk about it. We're like, it's still the best damn, you know, Chinese I've ever had. And they'd be like, oh, it's the temperature of the walk. I'm like, it's more than, I mean, these guys were pros. But one story, uh, there's a guy named Tutu. He's Vietnamese. Are they still around? No, 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 man. Um, sadly, the guy, Mike Thu, who yeah. was the front, he actually died of a heart attack. Ugh. Man, horrible. I mean, this was, he was old school. This is where, like, I remember this was just introduction to credit cards and seeing if they're counting his money, smoking the cigarette, you know, and, you know, check, you know, and just move it. <laughs> um, but there was uh, uh, this lady, uh, there was Marsha. So there was a brother. It was total family, too. Yeah. And that's something different. When you're coming into another family, you, be, you become the family, you know, and this is where I understood about, I started to learn about family meal. And that what we ate for family meal was what we didn't give everyone else. But it was like so much more delicious. You know, it was so awesome. <laughs> um, but one night, this is, you said it's like people are supposed to be open-minded what they hear here. You know, something really gross happened. And this guy Tutu is just amazing. He came like over on a boat from Taiwan. I mean, you know, just 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 awesome. I just kind of like idolized him. He's like in his early 20s, like this guy is so intense. And he was like the best server. And he could just do anything. And... Um, I was I was out moving around. And he was getting into it with a, a rest with a, a guest, and I, I you know the guest time even at like six ten I'm like oh they're like they're drunk I think I don't know what's going on with that group they're just and Tutu's like Ugh, you know just forget this and I he's talking to I think it was Mama Sue and Marsha and she goes what's going on f this guy you know he just called me he goes um, asked if he could call me um, Chinky Man and I said not if you mind if I call you Honky Man. And I was like, you know, I'm just watching the dynamics here. Okay, like conflict, inappropriate guests being totally uncool, uh, staff lo- just yeah. totally losing it. And you're like, what's going on? And I remember mom was going, dude, Jack, what? You know, <laughs> and she goes, she went over there and she talked to these people. And I was like, why is she being so nice to these evil people? These people are evil, you know? And I'm just watching this. And this is like a life lesson. She came back and she goes, Jack. The evil people need twice as much love because they hurt twice as bad. Mm. That is a broken person right there. This is like 80, whatever it was, 16 years old. You you don't waste your time. We give them love. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Think about how progressive that is, you know, for back back in the, the mid 80s, right? I love that. That's beautiful. Um, I mean- you mentioned something else too that I think is really important. You said you learned how to embrace structure and embrace excellence. A lot of people, when they think of structure and, and excellence, pushing yourself, whether it be physically or whatever, the first thing that comes to their mind isn't embracing. It's like, ugh, I gotta do this again. Like, it's how do you get into that mindset to learn how to embrace the? the that, I think that. some of it's an ego. You know, I think some people have an ego of like it's like I don't know. Maybe that's what I was younger. I don't. I still might be. I'm still trying to figure out my ego. Yeah. You know, my balance of like pride. Maybe it's pride. I don't know. I mean, we talked to my business partner James on the places I worked at, and they'd look at my aprons. You know, they're all like perfectly white, um, with a with a with a iron right down the middle. Um, great. I don't know people out there wearing suits and ties and waiting anymore. And, and you know, I'd wear these vests. I'd be in these just amazing places. And a, a great little trick I learned was you always find the little bleach bottle and you take it and you'd, you'd have to be so quick to get like, like a dot out of like with a little bleach to, to just clean that apron, like within like 
a minute because you couldn't go back on the dining yeah. room floor with a spot on your apron. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I think maybe it's just how I'm built. I don't know. Pride is a pride to, to want to be the best, to, to be associated <sighs> with the best. Well, we should probably get into the fact too that that me and my business partner James have evolved from that because, as you said earlier, as we delegate and as we support others, you know, as we get bigger and we get bigger teams, um, it's not fair to you know. You have to find that balance of what what do you expect from them and what's fair because they're not built by you. I mean, it. Let's be honest, it isn't their restaurant. Yeah. No one's going to love it's, your it's, restaurant as much as you do. Right. And I think when people say, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's just unfair for people to ever to have uh, that push them that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I told you we're talking about my art school and, and, and doing some of that, my design work, how I kind of coped with that of like pain it and, and, and moving on in life because I just couldn't like mentally do it with more places, more teams. You know, it's just like an impossibility. I, I coped with saying I'm a designer. I'm going to design something. Like the fine arts, there's these, these amazing painters. There's a yeah. few of them out there. They, they control everything. I talk about barbecue joints that are that close it when they just run out of the meat. I go, that's the artisan. These are these guys that just do it three days a week, and it's just crazy. I go, I'm no, I'm a, I, I have that skill set, but I want to have a team, and I'm using the idea that we have designed it so well. And so, yeah, if, if, if everything comes down like two to five, a little percent here and here and here, but I can create consistency and I can create, I, I can let them have that. Like, I don't, I think it's kind of unfair, I think kind of wacko. And it, it, it has released stress on me. Yeah. It's, when did it's, you it's have kind of like, um, was that, that, was that, that was actually like, when you first opened well, you? like I said, it first happened when, like I said, going from art school in New York to just coming back to Iowa and going three dimensional design because I like screw all this art stuff. Yeah. But um, I think. It was we had Atlas and we were working the, the original restaurant two thousand. I mean, we we seventy. I think for six months we worked straight. I mean, people say this and it's legit. I, I say I could if I knew how hard it was going to be and how hard I was work, I would have never done it. But I I used to always say I'm too. I've got too much work to be to do to be scared or to be excited. Yeah. Aren't you excited? I got I got too much to do. Well, aren't you kind of freaked out? I'm like I got too much work to do. You know what I mean? So I just kept clocking in and amazing business partner that did the same and then we said we need time off we gotta figure this out um and i think i don't know when it hit maybe five i don't know it it it, it kept gradating we kept let's come back to that because i think <laughs> that's really i mean i have thoughts and i want to reflect on that but i want to kind of pull that out when we hit that point in your timeline because you, you kind of alluded to this um you're working you're probably one of your first jobs working in iowa city the um the china garden restaurant uh from there you go to you school of visual arts new york in 1987 so yeah. you're young i mean you're only 18 what, years like old 18 years old yeah, you're, so, you're in new york city yeah, and i was living there in 87 so when did you know art was gonna be your path like what why no art? that's that's what i always thought i mean was a kid i i'm, I'm dyslexic Me too. um yeah so horrible <laughs> silly stories of like being in kindergarten and only getting two things right people go what do you mean what's dyslexia it's like well when you're in kindergarten you make your seven and you make everything backwards and they're like, well, how does that work? Reason fives used to kick my ass. No, I, I would I, everything. <laughs> um, and I think I would get so laser focused. But again, I, who knows how it works? I, the thing is, is I, I'm one of these people. But who cares? I don't know. I, I think it adds to my creativity. I, I probably see things better because of it. And I'm like, but all like through college, <laughs> I'm always like, hey, dude, 
you understand how I write. Can I give you like 20 bucks to look at this paper? Because <laughs> I know it, I'll just get ripped apart, you know? And they're like, I got you, you know? And then I'd pay, you know, because I knew even to this day, I'm like, people, I'll, I'll do this, the signs. And they're like, well, Jack, you did this. And then, you know, the, the other one was really sweet. And he was like, just be cool. I mean, because they're like, how, well, how do you do this? You know, you're this boss. You're this super smart guy. It's like, well, how do you misspell sauce? Why is it S-U-A? I'm, I'm like... I don't know, bro. It just happens. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, it's weird. I mean, I think we we grew up in a system, a world where we're said that this is the right way. You know, like AKA uh, like the normal kids, like who are good at like traditional schoolwork, sitting down, yeah. reading, and doing learning that way was the right way. Uh, but there's so many. We live in such a different like diverse colorful yeah. world and we're learning so much more about different types of intelligence and just because you didn't fit into that box with the standardized school system doesn't mean and i struggled with this when i was a kid because i always thought i was like a big dummy because i couldn't learn with everybody else i had to go into a separate room to learn my way but it, when you develop a complex did you have a complex growing up or did you did it bother you or no <laughs> Good for i you. was yeah no i was lucky i mean i mean my background my dad drove like a corporate garbage truck those big containers my mom worked in a factory my dad's like super creative uh had a workshop so i guess i mean i had all the woes of the normal kid right <laughs> you know? yeah. but i for some reason it, I, I i somehow my family were cool enough um let's move the conversation because i feel like i want to get to the point where we start talking about restaurants but we gotta give a nod you said if you had one mentor it would be this person Who yeah and person? and this person actually has like goes to me won't even talk to me anymore oh really well, yeah. maybe this podcast. <laughs> I've actually talked to a friend in New York, but no, I, I so I, I sit there. I'm like, I'm going to New York. And the reason I chose this school was I, in high school, I was like, you guys are, are, I wanted nothing to do. I was, I felt I was beyond it. Like so many kids, right? I'm better than this. I'm going to go to the big city. I'm going to do all this stuff. And I've been learning. I'm like, like a prom, dude, I was waiting on people. I walked with like a hundred back in 84 or something like over a hundred, 150 bucks. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Now I'm going out with all the college students and we're going to go party, you know, you know what I mean? So I went off to New York, uh, Marilyn Minter is her name. She was my painting teacher and she just, I had, I had hardly any money. I mean, living in Manhattan, no matter what it is, I had some scholarship, I had grants, I had all this stuff. Um, this school is like where Keith Haring went. So it's got a good reputation. There's like three or four art schools in New York. And it's, well, I was kind of curious how you got in because I didn't hear about art being a part of your story until. Yeah, because I was, cause I, was I was good. Yeah. I mean, I, the people in my class was like the kids class school from Chicago. My uh, the next kid was right next to me was Charlie. Shoe. I mean, so what you did was you got plopped in. And the reason I chose this school is RISD. I mean, there's a lot of other schools. I didn't get into Cooper Union, which was amazing. But anyway, all these amazing schools. But they said. We hire successful artists that teach one or two days a week and then aren't faculty. And this sounds kind of like, sorry, academia. But they're like, their, their thing was, why would you go and go to education and get somebody to teach you art that did it and became a teacher because they could not make it? Which is kind of cold, but it was also like, yeah. And so There's security in that. So I can yeah. see from like, if you love art and you want to teach it and you don't want to roll the dice, it was kind of like gnarly, choose but it's security but, or choose becoming rich, you know, like art, no, are just doing it the way you, I don't know. I, or, or just doing art for the sake of doing what you love and I guess living. I mean, I embraced it at these guys were just badasses, you know, yeah. like my, my, my drawing teacher who hated me, yeah. just ripped me apart every day. He he was the he was a critic. He was really, he, he wrote for the, the New York Times. I yeah. mean, our our faculty was just like 
So we had 18 <laughs> to get these people that were so on point. Yeah. And Marilyn hadn't like made it. She's huge now. But she like took me under her wing and um, she just, she, it, it was just this intensity. That whole school was, it was more kind of breaking you down. It was like your note, like first day of painting class, every, every day you had to produce. You had to produce a painting in class and every week. I mean, it, it was massive production. It was almost being online. So anyway, um, like first day of class, and I, I've told this thing, it was like, kind of whacked me out. It was, this one kid wrote his name on, on, his, on, his, on his painting, first day of class. And she walks over and she just takes a rag. She goes, anybody got a rag? So this was where we also had to critique each other's work, which is, I think, so critical of taking constructive criticism and embracing it mm. and not crying. Or, That's Ugh. a huge conversation. Like, yeah, yeah. Being able to, to, to first a, of all, yeah. well, let me continue. What, what, it, what they taught me, though. So anyway, she wipes the name off. She goes, whose is this? She goes, I have to tell you everybody right now, you're nobody, man. I go, I'm not looking at this art. I'm looking at that name. And let me tell you something. Anyone that puts their name on any of their art, it's an F right off the bat. Lose your ego. This isn't about you. There's another thing. It isn't about you. What are you creating? This is Your art speaks for itself, not your name. So during that week, then we had to have like with her, but another, I went to sculpture class. I'm like, God, this, everyone's like, whoa. And we go to our to another class and we have a conversation. I think it was Stephen Westfall, the, the, the New York Times guy. He was like, <laughs> in the critique, somebody goes, that's nice. This is where it gets even more brutal. If you don't have anything more intelligent to say it's nice, sh- keep your mouth shut. And I'm like, we're like, what the hell? And, and what he said, he goes, no, it does no good. He goes, it's insulting. Did you even consider the person's work? Did you think about it? Yeah. So they, they just literally said, you've got to come in and not only put work, but I need you to be, oh, pardon me, looking at everybody else's stuff and say something intelligent. This is what I'm talking about intelligence. Like you're going to produce and you're going to observe. And, you know, that's kind of intense stuff at 18. But I think this is really important. I think that, yes, we could all learn to be a little more you know, empathetic and sympathetic for people and mindful of feelings and emotion. But at the same time, we haven't, we, we don't teach people how to, to take it on the chin anymore. It's good to disagree. It's good to tell yeah. you if something's not up to standard. It's good to, this feedback we get is what helps us find our lane. You right. know what I'm saying? Like we need to be honest with each other. We need to be direct and straightforward with each other. Your feelings might get hurt. Fuck your feelings. I'm sorry. At the same time, like there's that we, I mean, I I say that to to kind of prove a point because we do have to be considerate of each other. But at the same time, we need to also recognize that it's important to help to give people the the bad news, the hard news. Well, it doesn't even have to be bad. It has to be thoughtful. What they were saying is just observe it and say something engaging and also have the respect for the person's work. So, you know, like a a dish, you know, look at the dish and, 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 and don't. Don't placate them. Oh, that's just good. It's not helping, man. If you don't tell that person, you know, you know what I mean. Then they're going to serve that, and they're like, "Why am I not very successful?" Exactly. You know? but that's <laughs> what happens. That's what. But that's what that feedback is. It, it galvanizes you. It makes yeah. you stronger. It gives you standards. It gives you expectations. And I think yeah. it's important that we hurt each other's feelings every once in a while, not in a malicious way, but in a. I have to tell you this. I don't want to tell you this. It's not going to make me feel good to tell you this, but you need to hear the truth. You know, this is how we open a door to everybody knows anybody in the restaurant says something. We have, we have this one, two, three, four step. But anyway, when somebody gives you feedback, like I, I use the example of salt, right? Salt. It's yeah. like, or, or, pardon me, I don't know. I got ahead of myself. Um, I guess, oh man, that soup is so salty. 
and people might get an argument and a discussion like the chef it is perfect i'm like you know what it is we're gonna go check out that salt, that soup and that, that guest just did us a favor every time we get feedback from a guest we embrace it with a huge thank you yeah it's sometimes bad. it's like completely they're just there was a study done i, I tell my staff this it's like i think two percent of guests will complain and out of those two percent only two percent um have a malicious and then i say you know what i got i own wrestling people know me i i i don't do it you know what i do is i i walk out and i never go back talk with your money i never go back because well because i but but because i'm like well you know the owner you know jimmy jacks went over there and he told me my food but i feel like i if, if i know them i'll talk to them you know what i mean but i tell everybody like on our teams and I tell my guests, I'm like, just let us know. I go, we screw up all the time. But if you don't tell us, we can't fix it. Exactly. And then we have a whole strategy how you just roll that into something amazing. So this, is, is, if you've got to check your ego, you've got to be able to just take feedback, man. I mean, we it is the hospitality. It is, yeah. it is We are servants, right? I mean, we yeah. are here to serve someone. So we need to listen to them and take their feedback legit, you know, and not... I don't know. I, I don't quite, um, you know, I never really got along with some of those egos of chefs or those, you know, like, my, you know, that it's this way, you know, or people like this wine goes with that. Yeah. I learned, like, it don't, no, that's that's BS, man. It's like, you know what, you know what I tell my staff is the best wine? You, you ask, you get a relationship with the guys. And go, what do you like to drink? Well, I like this. I like Chardonnay. Oh, okay. You have a steak. You know what you're going to, what's, you know what's going to make you the happiest? I got the best. Here, try this. Oh, I love that Chardonnay. How that Chardonnay go with that steak? And that's part it of It was job. delicious. Yeah, it's, it's, you know why? Because they don't want Cabernet. They don't <laughs> want a big steak red. Because they don't like it. Yeah. So how are they going to leave happier? Because Chardonnay makes them happy. Because I listened to them. Yeah. I didn't have an ego. I love it, man. Great stuff. So it looks like you spent up until 1991 chasing the art dream. So four years. Uh, yeah, four Can years. Can I tell you how I left? Yeah, how did you leave? <laughs> um, Maryland got me amazing jobs. So I basically at 19 was I was like rock star. I was like assistant to this woman, Kiki Smith. I mean, this is how big this was. And this is me kind of name dropping, but I'm like, it also makes an influence. I was in Barcelona, Spain at the Picasso Museum. Wow. Guess who's worked there? It's Kiki Smith. Okay. So I built the shit that, you know, in this art world that, that Kiki went out and did. What do you mean you built the shit? Like... Kiki did these bowls of organs. This okay. is like kind of great. So my job was okay. Get the thing because I was so technical. Was, I was she? Was she draw the, the organs? No, 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 no. She. So she, what she did? She she made the organ first. An organ. I'm talking like a heart. Like awful. Like a heart or like different <laughs> stuff. And then and this. So then I would come in. And I had to reproduce it. So I would like take it and then put it in the mold and take it and make like all these things. What was and she I, making the heart out of? It was out of clay. Oh, so she would give me the clay. And we do this, and this stuff. This was like, this was like an eighty. She was the shit. I mean, these people were like, I look back and I'm like, this stuff's in like art. I mean, so I guess what I say is, I was at such a level, like with Marilyn, and I worked with. So what happened was, she, you know, she was like, call me up, and she's like, you gotta. This was like the home phone or whatever, the answer machine. And I guess I'll even say this name is this guy Ronnie Catrone. He he was Andy Warhol's assistant or something. And I was like, this guy's a. Ugh. And I was just eighteen <laughs> or nineteen at that point. I was like, whatever. And I didn't go. Marilyn called me up. She goes, what are you doing? She goes, I put my name. You know what you're at? I mean, Castelli, the best galleries in everybody. I was like tanking around town. I, I, it, it, she goes, you're done. You're done. 
is last that, time that I spoke to her. why you got out of the industry? She, she, she did it. So I then go to this woman, Mary Heilman, who was an assistant for two. And I go up. She goes, come with me. And we go outside and we're sitting. This is so like, like a movie picturesque. I'm sitting on a fire escape. Legs are dangling. I'm just devastated. What, what people, what I try to communicate is I got, I was so close. Like every kid, an artist that goes through master or a regular program, gets a master, would beg, would, would give their whatever to be in the position I was in. I was connected. I was liked. I was like, I, you know what I mean? It was like, you can't, but what made you not show up? Cause you didn't like Andy world. I, no. Yeah. I thought he was. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I was 18. I, I but I, but the, the consequence, bam, the door shut like that. Yeah. So there's I, a lesson there. So yeah. Dude, you know, so I'm sitting there on this fire escape and I'm like, what do I do? And I was so like tanked because I was producing everybody else's work. I mean, which are you, which sounds weird. You're like, what? You know, you're like, what's going on? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I stretched canvases, but I did a lot of work. And, you know, like Jeff Koontz, all these people, like, it's, it's the idea. And then, so I'm sitting there and she's like, you know, I'm just like, like, I've totally ruined my life. You're 19. My, my plan. But yeah, my whole life, this was my plan. And I was there. I was that close what I, in my mind. You know what I mean? And then she goes, go home, go to Iowa, read, just try to re-engage this. And I was kind of like, wow, you know, because also what I was being taught by these guys was art was like, it's not what it, it is, but a lot of like who you know and what gallery and what connection you have. And these people go crazy. Look at these social media. Look it's at everybody you know, networking. It's unfortunate, you know, that yeah. that's a lot but of I'm, But I'm like there at 19 and it was, I think it was so beyond my scope. It was so. Relativity is everything. Yeah, I I just wasn't mature. I couldn't. I didn't even. I knew, but I didn't know. But it. I was thrown into the game, you know. And and the the lady Heilman was like there on this fire escape saying, you know, Marilyn's just intense. But I also was like, I was like heartbroken because Marilyn would be like, "What you want for lunch?" Because you know I had no money. It's like, like she'd buy me lunch. I never bought bought lunch on that day. Mm. You need money, no. She told me, she goes, your name's Jack Piper. You're going to be somebody one day. You know, she was just, she had just so much positive. The other thing she said to me was that was, this is kind of cracked out and why she was so like, even though now she's like, ah, my art, she's like, you're killing it. And after I learned a way of painting and doing something, she goes, I know this is going to be hard. You can't do this anymore. I go, what do you mean? I go, you can't use that technique in that style. Why? You're not learning. She goes, you you got an A. She goes, you. Everyone knew I was her favorite. I mean, she was just like I was like the golden child. Okay, but it was like I can't let you do this because you have growth. I need to get you through everything. It's like a okay, you know Garmanger. Yeah. Now you got to move on. To this. No, you it's, can never do it. Now you have to do this. Uh, but I want to hang because I'm comfortable. Yeah. So if she if she saw as soon as I got comfortable, bam, she pulled it. I was like, ugh. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like, damn, you got to make, but it, it taught me, but it was all from a good is, place. Yeah. It was in discomfort. You know? Yeah. It was just, it was this very intense, like teaching me to push a little bit farther and excellence, but also this unbelievable, like generosity of how you doing, you know, and with money and, you know, just, just took care of me. Like, yeah. do the jobs it's I got. Balance. I think back to the point I was making earlier, like you got to be willing to make it sting 
a little for people. You know, there's no, there's nothing wrong giving somebody a lesson, a brutal piece of honesty right. or truth. That's what galvanizes us. But at the same time, when you bring someone down, you gotta, you gotta bring them back up. Yeah. You know, like you can't just kick them down all the time. Yeah. You gotta be on. Like sometimes you gotta hear that bit of truth that get, to yeah. get that that clarity, that honesty, that the reality of a situation. Because sometimes we're not aware of it from our own perspective. But that's what the outside perspective gives you. Yeah. So I went back to Iowa, I enrolled in school. And I'm in the, all these art programs, and everybody, all even the teachers. Well, now the teachers are like, wow, that's cool, and they were pretty cool. But the the the, the teaching assistants and all all of them were like, oh wow, dude, can you can you get me a phone call? <laughs> they wanted a favor. They wanted me to help them out. They 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 they, they didn't even know how to handle me. They just okay. looked at me like, you're beyond me, dude. So, so ultimately, <laughs> you're, like, you're what, was it, what was it that made you walk away from this career? I think I just also saw so much gross, and then I just was like. I went into design. I'm like, I'm going to design the most badass stuff. And then faculty trying to get tenure, talk to me and all this stuff. It just kept being toxic. But I was which, always which working. Which part of it was toxic for you? What do you mean by just, toxic? Just that it wasn't about the art. It was it it, it was still about like business. Mm. It was like business. You know what it's I mean? About status. I guess. I don't know. Was it, it just, status? Is that what it was? That kind of didn't, the taste, the, the bad taste? I don't know. It was like I said, it was just like I'd already been there. And if I wasn't going to be there with Mary, if I wasn't going to be in New York, I wasn't there. It was like, I'm not, I got to, I got to find something different. You know what I mean? Because either, because I was the best. Yeah. So if I ain't going to be the best, then I'm moving on. Yeah. I got to do something else. So then I, I just, I liked, I liked the, I, I went back and I go, come on, I, my skills from China Garden were so good, even at that age, I could just walk in. So I guess I just, I don't know. I just, I, I think there was just everybody in art and just like, I'm taking a break and I really, I'll do some stuff. But now I kind of look at like this, the, the stuff you're sitting on here, these stools all built by me and my dad. Well, I mean, I made a point to write down <laughs> design, you know, yeah. like, and I was like, when did you, cause I want to come back to that. Cause there's an element of art in restaurant design. Yeah, for sure. definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. You need to have an eye. You need to, you're creating experiences with yeah. physical. So I, I get my creativity out of that way. I've just kind of like changed where I get my creativity or how I, how I get fulfilled on doing it. And I just, I'm okay with it. You know, it, it, that was one state, you know, me and my business partner too. And I'm okay with that was then and to move on. I, you know, it ain't going to define me. I, um, I think this is a cool thing. I use this analogy that we opened Atlas five years. I, I do what I say is like another record. You know, you see these 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 musicians, and they play the same old stuff, and everything is kind of the same. Going back to Maryland, I'm like, no. So yeah. if you looked at Atlas and you came to Jimmy Jack's, completely the opposite. Quick service, barbecue. You could not really take management and teams back and forth. It was a completely different album. You know who you kind of reminded me of right now, and I'm probably people are probably. People are either going to love the reference or hate the reference. Kanye West kind of reminds me of that approach. <laughs> That's awesome. But think about that. Like he went I think crazy. <laughs> like not like like literally. I'm not trying to say like he went crazy, but like the path with his music took so many 90 degree turns with like eight and eight heartbreak and like what his. You know what I'm saying? Like he's constantly changing it up. It's talking like, why don't you go back yeah. to what you were doing in like the early 2000s because that's what sold. You also know? talking about excellence and how everything is connected <laughs> and how I'm going to get you hooked up with the guy we're going to talk about later. One of my good friends. Ray Lego Wazowski, Ray Lego, Ray Lego. Went, went, went to SVA, just not so amazing photographer. Okay. You know, the photo, the photos of Kanye in the Letterman jacket at the whatever club was shot by my I buddy Lego. Oh, really? And he, dude, you need to listen, go to Lego and listen to his process of how he talked about how he shot it and how he got under, uh, how he was getting under Kanye's skin 
and Kanye had the backpack, and he was like, what's in the backpack? And he'll tell you the thing. He's like, he kept calling, because on his Ludman jacket said Mike. And my buddy what's Ray was like, what's up, Mike? What's up, Mike? And, and, and Kanye's like, <laughs> and he goes, I, I almost pushed him to the limit. You know, and so I go, what's up? And that's when he pulls out these pictures of him as a kid. This is also what I'm talking about. People, relationship, like everyone says, so, so, you're not that far from other amazing people, you know what I mean, that are doing amazing things. So don't ever just, you can do whatever you want. I mean, look at that, that conversation right there. It's like, yeah. wow, who would yeah. have thought that? And that's just a, a thing. But um, So then we go to Basta. Another, a third album. We got to take a break real quick. We got to <laughs> take a break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back to kind of start unpackaging how you got back into the restaurant industry and we'll unpackage all of your albums. Today's episode is brought to you by DiagioBarAcademy.com. And I cannot be more excited to be partnering with Diageo because we have such similar missions. We want to share knowledge and transform the industry. Diageo Bar Academy equips bartenders, servers, managers, and hospitality professionals with the insights, stories, and tools to be better. They are consistently raising the bar on industry standards. And no matter what your skill level is or knowledge or availability, there's something for you at DiagioBarAcademy.com. They have master classes and live events. And if you can't make those master classes or live events, there's recordings so you can watch it on demand at your convenience at www.diagiobaracademy.com. That is D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. Get over there. We're back. And you just started to talk to us about your third album <laughs> and uh, how your work is like every new thing you do is like changing your art and getting like pushing the envelope and growing as a professional. Um, finish round that off before we so, go back to your So team. we 2000, we opened Atlas. Things were going great. 2005, the reason we opened this where we're sitting, Jimmy Jackson's kind of thing that's went crazy was literally we both like barbecue. We thought it would be cool. And we thought it was something manageable that we could focus majority on Atlas, which was really like food. Everything was a lot more intense. And, and this, we, we could balance it. So things are cruising and, and things are going well. And uh, we're still working a lot. And we had had a kid, Brady McDonald, who started with us in high school. And then he went and took a stage. He went over. He worked for a, like a one-star Michelin over in uh, Florence. And uh, the other owner, my business partner, Jim, James, and them like came to me. And they kind of talked to me. And they're like, okay, let's do it. And then the third, then it's like, let's do pizza. Let's do, a, do a, an Italian restaurant, which was you know classic Italian. I'm like, well, Brady's, you know, he's done this. And then we go on that journey. And I guess the reason I've kind of used that analogy of these albums because it is pushing and doing things different. Um, I don't know how many years, I think it was 2017. Things were getting stretched. And we had thought more about this idea, this Jimmy Jack's thing. Um, me and uh, James and Jimmy, we both gotten married and we're like having kids. We're like, we got to figure this thing out. And we're like, well, you know, Jimmy Jack's going to be easier. You know, it's maybe more manageable. We can be good husbands and good dads and stuff. We got a lot going on. And we're looking at this thing, Atlas, you know, and like, God, it, it, you know, in a local thing, we'd won like all the, it was always like one of the best restaurants, are the best restaurant. You know, when you're like, oh, best Italian, best everything. Like we literally are, the albums were all doing well. And what I tell everybody when they go, how could you do this to us? I mean, we had all these iconic image, uh, food and stuff. And it, it, it really, at 2000, 
you know, James had been working at Commander's Palace. Wow. You know, I've been working at this stuff. Anyway, we came back. What we brought was kind of out of the box. James is Jimmy. Yeah, James, Jimmy. Got it. It didn't sure. sound so good. Uh, Jim, Jim, Jimmy Jack. <laughs> so what I tell everybody is he was over. We were overplaying that album. Yeah. We just like when also, people go on tour, I don't want to play it anymore. I yeah. want to listen to this. Yeah. So we literally and we felt like we I did not want to be like the restaurant failed or the restaurant wasn't doing well. It wasn't managed. Right. So I said either it will it has to be done right or it's, a it's big, done hungry beast. If you're doing restaurants like that, you don't really have much room for other things. If it hinges on you and your skill set of being right. there, you create something like Jimmy Jack's, which is something that is focused on doing a few things really right you're right. not recreating the menu every week right. you're you're honing in you're building systems and processes right. around doing a few things really right. you're designing exactly. something right exactly you're, you're depending on design and you can remove yourself from the yeah the and, and then we can still have the point of pride because we can have the production you know what we can do in the, in the product we can put out and the service can all be there yeah and we can meet our expectations and people it, i think it helps people like that aren't in the business get it like when they say like was now he was tired of playing it he just he didn't really, and I'll be honest, it's like we just, it's like, also, it, a lot of it too, like I said, we just didn't, things have a life, have a cycle, and it, it, I did not want it to ever be in a place. We actually sold it to some folks, and and then it, I remember talking to those folks and go, well, Atlas is you guys, and I think they always kind of maybe had the design, they were going to change it, but it was... I was like, well, then someone else is going to do it. Someone else is going to shut it down. All right. We're going we're gonna to bookmark this. I definitely <laughs> want to get back and pull back some layers on this. But going back, you leave art. Um, you you get back into the restaurant industry. Was When you came back to the industry in... Was, I mean, I, well, I, thought, I was never out of it. I, I always want to breeze, waiting table. I was yeah. always making money waiting So when tables. you're in, the, in college? Always, yeah. Just okay. always doing my thing. So you leave um, the, the the path of becoming an artist. Uh, well, let's just kind of breathe breeze through this a little bit too, because I think I, I want to get back to like more current yeah, projects. Yeah, that we'll you're, go like through you, it quick, your, yeah. Your albums, quote unquote. <laughs> uh, so 1991, you're at Stein Erickson Lodge in Golder, uh, Golden or Hirsch. Hirsch. It's an Austrian restaurant. Yeah, Austrian restaurant so you, in Park City, Utah. So real briefly on that, this is Mid Mountain. It's Utah. Deer Valley is like. It, it, it's like uh, what would you call it um, like everyone's heard of the, the little Nell everyone hears of Aspen mm-hmm. the, the real money I mean it was crazy it was like movie stars it was always movie stars that, that's where the Sundance Film Festival is I was just there for the first time ever two months ago yeah, it's a right crazy on, little yeah like, well that's Park City but you see you didn't go up to the even more the little bubble of Steins like Steins when Guns N' Roses crank and they just shut it down for like a week and they rented it like when Rodman was dating Madonna they would just take the car when he was playing in Salt Lake. Don't do the car went up. They were staying at Steins. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, whoa. So again, my ego wanted to be at the best. I land and I'm like, this is crazy. So how did you lo- get into a place like that? Because of buddy. And then I literally, this is what I tell everybody. Just you start at the lowest. You find the best place and then you just go, boom, you go bus boy. And then in the mountains and in these areas, you start, you can go quickly. You can go so quickly. You show up, you know what you're doing. That is the great thing about this industry. Good companies, they'll just they'll just open the door, man. They yeah. see somebody showing up, and then just crank. So you know, you go from more, you go from busboy to, to AM server, and then you learn crazy stuff like, I'm like, what was a six minute egg? And I'm like, I'm like, this is fun. Just just all these different people. Like we're waiting on one celebrity, and she wanted this six minute egg, and I'm like, what's a six minute egg? And this other. <laughs> Other celebrity is doing something else, and we're, I'm like, "What's a six minute egg?" And why do these British people need steamed milk with their tea? You know, and um, but it was also all the cultures because this yeah. was such an iconic place on the planet oh, yeah. 
that and, and it, it, it you you learned like the Spanish, the Italians, you know, the you know uh, any culture, and so you had to adapt, you know, and we we could maybe touch on this as one thing too with with my hatred for upselling and that whole phrase because if you're doing so excellent you don't even need to do that you know but to keep moving is like we so i learned everything there and then literally they from martha's vineyard they ask so i have this on my resume and so what i would do is i'd like figure out where i'd want to go for a while and i just look and i'd open up bon appetit or food and wine and i'd find like dallas or i'd find the city and i'd find the best restaurants I'd walk in and they'd literally go, wow, you work bank bank. I'm like, yeah. So it was like on my resume and they go, well, we'll know in a week. And I even say that to my staff now. Like, I have no idea. We don't know for two weeks. Yeah. And I would get hired and then I just bam. So I could, I just kind of was, I could go wherever I wanted an and work in the, in the craziest, best places. You can go anywhere this career. Right. If you want to travel, if you want to see the world, go find the best restaurant in your neck of the woods, get a little experience, use that to be, you know, your vine or if you know somebody, but you can, like you said, if you, if you're willing to, to, to take the lowest man on the totem pole position yeah. and you got what it takes, you'll, you'll yeah. find opportunity. They'll yeah. work you and up. Six months. You'll be there. Yeah. And oh. you can travel the world. Right. It's such a, I tell all the kids, I go, 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 go. I yeah. go, you, you know, we hire so many young people. I go, this is a great thing. It's learning how to, how to communicate and you learn these basic skills. You can go, anywhere it's yeah. awesome I and that's what i was doing layers why you hate upselling what is it about upselling that you hate is it just the the idea of selling and not serving it's too easy to game and it's i want i want this is another phrase i don't want a scene i saw somebody on one of your podcasts scene i'm creating a scene i hate scenes i hate them i, I want a joint every one of my places is a joint okay does why? that ring anything with you with the difference between a scene and a joint? No, I just got a little distracted when you said joint. I was like, I didn't know he was into that sort of thing. <laughs> no, uh, I, want the, I want it to be a joint. I want it to be, like, what did Bourdain would be like? You know, I, what, what do you do? You go to the locals. The locals eat at a joint. They don't eat a yeah. scene. So what's the difference between a joint and a scene? A scene is like maybe where the upsell or people want to be, they think they're supposed to be there. I use this thing as, um, I, I could have lived anywhere. Like I was living out in Colorado before we came here, and I go, people live here because they want to, mm-hmm. not because they think they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. I sometimes offend people because I'm like, I, I lived in New York, and oh, you live in Park Slope, you live in Brooklyn. I'm like, well, you know, there you go, you know, because you're supposed to. Because people are sheep, a lot of them, okay, and they follow, and it's really sad, you know, that they think they're. That's kind of gross. People are going to hate on me because a lot of people are most cheap. people aren't. But that's, you know, that's, and they, they follow social media. They go to reviews. Dude, you're you know, to Yelp. Right they now. go to all these things, and there's no authenticity. You know, you got to. It's, it's about a, the scene. It's I want about it, being I want it, Instagrammable. Yeah, my my staff has to be authentic. Yeah. Okay. When I teach my staff, I go, you you t- no, no, don't program it. Don't program it. But there's no authenticity. See, people. They th- too many servers and people think. It's a bold statement coming out of a designer's mouth. No, man, because it's all part of it. Because no, but I hear what you're but saying. But like when the, when the two when the two elderly women come in and they're at my restaurant yeah. and they go, dude, dude, split the salad and save room for dessert. Mm-hmm. Because I'm thoughtful, mm-hmm. and that's also stuff that signs all these things. When you're, you're not- when you're waiting on the wealthiest of the wealthiest and the people that just own stuff and have over what you want. It's like in sales. I was I kind of wrote this down in sales, and people go, "You're you're a really good salesman. You you you, you can talk to people." I'm like, make things happen, and I I I think this might give some clarity. Is like in a business deal, any good business deal, 
it has to be equal on both parts. Yeah. And they have to get it. And you have to give a little. It doesn't give 100% your way. When you, when you train your staff and you have the culture of your staff, you're not selling them on an idea. If you're just, oh, rah, rah, you know, it's like, you know, corporate training. You sit down, and you're like, hey, here's Timmy. He's the head trainer, and he's going to tell you through everything. Well, welcome aboard. You know, and the people go, this is all a bunch of whatever. You know what I mean? And they go, okay, so this is how we do it. And remember, when you come back after the salad, oh, we suggestively blank this. And so what it does, it becomes contrived. Yeah, I use that scripted. word a lot, contrived. Mm-hmm. It is contrived, and people get it. What does contrived mean to you? just processed you know it's just it's not authentic so i mean i'm writing down because i'm picking up where you're putting down if i can, can distill it in my own word words upselling is about you making your ch- your check as big as possible so you can win yeah. in that moment creating a joint is about making sure that guest wins every day and you're doing what's best right. for them that they, they feel like they're getting the most and that will long term bring you back you're, you and your business back yeah. the most because you're creating a, a loyal repeat customer over time. Well, it's right. not it, about the one-time experience. Right. Exactly. It's about the long-term Exactly, experience. exactly. And that shorts, creates short-term relationships. And they walk up. Because at the end, just like that business deal or the relationship with your staff, I, we always talk about it. And I, you know, me and the, everybody, were blue collar. Blue collar. You know? And so when, you, when that guest leaves and they look at that check, they're going to make a judgment call right yeah. there. And then... If I was earlier, because I've worked for the best, I've seen it all. So most of my management comes up saying, I'm not going to do what those other people did. But, you know, I'm in one of these high-end restaurants, and I say to you, I say, hey, you know, so uh, did you want the starter soup or sir salad? You instantly go, oh, that must be included. Coaching! Yeah. And, I, you know, I've seen so much of it. But to go also full circle white is bad for management. Yep. I work for... Jamie Coulter, you know that is Longhorn. He's uh, that's uh, all the steak joints. Okay, he had Sullivan's. Got he it. had Del Frisco. Got it. And dude, when we worked there, this was a high-end steakhouse. You know, like the Mortons. We've all heard of this. So yep. I worked in that joint, right? Because dude, money. Yeah. And so, is this all before Cheesecake Factory? Yeah. Okay. So there's this sheet. There was a sheet uh, on there, like used car salesman, and you were ranked. And you know how they ranked you? They well, first of all, they total said, tickets. Well, they said this. They go well. This is never on the menu. We always say it's a special. So every day, this is going to be a special. Um, it's going to be a special. And I'm like, well, you know, but the idea was as long as you speak about it, it will sell. But I learned from that too. Like, yeah. well, if we talk about it, it's going to rent. But th- what they did was it was per entree. So they wanted X amount of drinks and desserts and apps, all based on entrees. And then you were ranked. You were ranked. And that's how you got your shifts. And I'm like, what's up with this? So you know what so I did? Oh, yeah. I was like number 17. Boom. In one week, I gamed it, and I was number two, which just just jacked and PO'd some of the management because I would do what I do. I'd say, hey, l- share that. Share that steak. Do this. All of a sudden, bing, 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 all my numbers are gamed. And I'm like, you guys, come on. So I, you know see what I'm saying? Even then, I was like, what is up with this? That's so not. So I want to make sure I understand. You, you would say, here's a special steak. No, no, no. What I would it? do is, it, because they would bank. A lot of people go, uh, they want, okay, they want an entree. Yeah. So they want everybody to get an entree. Yeah. But we need you also to make sure we got to sell some apps uh, and we got to sell some drinks and we got to sell dessert. And so you're a you're failure. Just about trying to get to the top you're a failure yeah. and you would be ranked lower if you didn't have, you know. So you were selling the thing that they were tracking. Well, what I know, I know they base it off of how many entrees. So two people, they thought they'd get two entrees. Got it. So they wanted at least one, you know, like maybe two apps. Yeah. And maybe this. So all of a sudden, I was 
like 100 for 100 almost because <laughs> I would tell them to get the big ass steak because, you know, lady, you're going to, you know, the the T-bone, you're going to get the tender one, you're going to love it, and I'm going to do this, and you're going to get the strip, sir, yeah. and then you're going to get these apps, and you get this. So on the numbers, I was like 100% one-to-one yeah. on apps to, to, to main courses and on desserts <laughs> and to glasses of wine. So they're just like just struggling with me to manage me. Yeah, but at the same time, you're creating great experiences, you know? So, yeah, so you know, like, but again, and like I said, I... And I think that's what shifted over the past 15 but, but 20 years. But you see years. how they, that was about an upsell. Yeah, yeah. That was a quota. That's what happens. You change the, the name of the game. The The objective isn't to... I mean, we're all here to make money. And being fiscally responsible, there's nothing wrong with that. I want to make sure that I make that clear because I think fiscal responsibility is a, should be a core value. Yeah. Like you want to take care of... You need money to take care of your people and get, provide opportunity, right? But at the same time, you don't want to make it all about the money and just because that sucks the soul the joint out of the experience yeah. right you know uh, but i'm loving the conversation man i want to keep the, the 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 conversation moving forward you said uh in 1994 you're with the cheesecake factory. yeah so, so what so i mean in 1994 the cheesecake factory wasn't what it is today no way man scale. crazy 16 to 20 locations yep and what kind of blew my mind another person was working over there and i'm like uh, i was i was i was starting to think about maybe opening my own place and i wanted to see how plus i was uh, the, the gm of this was actually the old gm of the little nell up in aspen so i'm okay. like wait this guy came from very high end and also i was like dude this guy makes 150,000, has a company bmw yeah. and all the stock and i was like and they go this store does is like whatever does like 14 million and i was like mind blown i'm like Eight, whatever it was, they're doing a million. Which cheesecake was this? Where it was, was Denver, it? downtown Denver. And I was like, whoa. And then I went in, and it was this my first time of like this kind of corporate, kind of out there interview and how I went through stuff. Like, one thing I thought was so cool is when they interviewed the cooks and stuff, they, they, they gave you these tests and stuff, and they would have a Lego, and they'd make this Lego, and they'd go, okay. And then they'd have the cooks, if you're in the kitchen, you had to take that Lego and remake it. And I was like, that's pretty cool. You know, and I was just kind of like, okay. You know, so I kind of went in and also just they were so, it was all PLUs. You had to remember every order. So you had to have the numbers. So it was just, it's just more of like, okay. And I, I was actually, I was part time and still at, at um, Sullivan. So I was working at the steakhouse. It was like a second job, you yeah. know. Um, but I just kind of wanted to go in. I was thinking, maybe I'll try this man. Okay, that's some sick money. And, I go so I just kind of like learning this stuff. It didn't really last that long, but to, to how that affected when I opened Atlas, I, I, I kept all those training managers yes. and I stole everything. I was like, they had such brilliant yeah. systems on on systems and processes yep. that wasn't quite the same in these small independent over the top like fine dining. I always say if you want to open a restaurant, go to a corporate operation and get an idea of what structure can look like. You might not have the resources and means to match them exactly in everything they're doing, but they're going to give you an aiming point and yeah. that aiming point will, will bring you much higher than where you would ever go on your own just trying to wing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so you were there for quite a bit. Did you catch my episode with Donald Moore by any chance? I don't know. Don't so Donald so. Moore... Uh, was on the last trip. Uh, he was the chief culinary officer for like, I think he, he joined in like 2000, just after you, like you left yeah. and he was there for almost 20 years and he, he climbed the ranks to the chief culinary officer. Wow. But now he's with Dom food group out of Los Angeles. Anyway, great episode. Um, we learned a lot about the culture of cheesecake during that, that conversation. But what I like about this is you came in, you're like the precursor. Cause he, he was there from like 2000 to like 2017 or something like that. I was, it was still real small. Like I said, PLUs. It was just, 
it was a big deal like and and how managers got trained it was it was it's cool I, I didn't agree with everything it was a lot of like that kind of so they, they didn't have upselling the other thing that kind of blew my mind that was another kind of like go-to thing is everywhere i worked I, like when we opened Atlas and everything, we never advertise. People just even know I don't advertise. If I have to advertise, I've lost. Mm. And I was like, wow, the Cheesecake Factory, people are paying them to be in these books. It was just, everything was like, it, it was almost like I said, just, just going to camp for a while and be like, I just want to check this thing out. And how this, this what is this wacky stuff they're doing? You know, like it was just neat because it was so foreign to everything I had. And the GM was like, you know, Jack, I, I have to hire you because you're everything dude but you're cut like me i go yeah but you're here you like now we, we did the same stuff he goes i'm just telling you brother you, you, you maybe maybe eight months <laughs> you, 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 like you're gonna you're, make it he's like because this is just not how you roll yeah, you know not he, corporate enough yeah like i just didn't follow i wasn't gonna be i was too the other way yeah and i i probably a little re, i don't know how long i last <laughs> I, I think chaotic <laughs> is a compliment by the way i love yeah. chaos i think we're yeah. in human nature where there's part of us I think we're 80% chaos, 20% order. You know, there's that part of us, that evolved part of us but that I, wants to put things in line. You but know? I needed that. I kind of needed to be like, wait, because if you're going to open something up, you you need to, these systems and like, I don't know, even their, uh, how they tested. I just thought it was really slick. I think they were very forward thinking. What were the biggest lessons you learned at the Cheesecake Factory that stick with you to this day? <sighs> it was nothing really about service or anything. Like, you know, I'd already known all that. I think it was... Um, it was just like their lines, like their management all had to work in different areas. It was, it was a lot of like how the kitchen worked and their processes and their, their like, it, it, it was just more like, I guess I hate to say it, some of the, just their paperwork. And cause like I said, I, I just, I took anything I could because I thought it was so well laid out. A lot of their education, I guess like their training. Cause it, 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 it opened the door because high end restaurants, I mean, you know, the fine dining, you stand there and line up. You just kind of learn. They don't really, you know, it's 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 lineups, you know, and it's it's a different way they teach. And then this was like put into booklets, and this was good, you know, how they test. So they had a system that I took away from there. Like this is how I'm going like to train my staff. Yeah, this is how I'm going to train my staff. Yeah, you know, and this is this is how I'm going to write them up. You know, this yeah. is how I'm going to this is how I'm going to do this part of it. You know, and I just thought their wording and phrasing. I thought it was again. This is 1999. It was very like on point, and I thought this is going to be the best template we can use. Yeah. To, because I knew we needed that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you said you liked their training. It sounds like it's just it was organized. There was system. Yeah. There was process. There was thought out. Can you can you give us an example of like what that? I, mean, I know we're going back almost over twenty years. Yeah. Uh, but what can that look like? What should that look like? I mean, if you're using a lot of that practice today, what are you doing that? I, I, was again, like by us? I came from places that wasn't really booklets. I mean, they they didn't have. I wasn't. I didn't really. It was. I don't know why. I guess it was it was systems like in, in uh, the guy uh, Hooper that was on. You know, like Try I Hooper. use this yeah. with roadmaps. Yeah. You know, and they they had a definite roadmap. Being like, you're going to start here, and after you get to this point, you're going to do this, and then the next step is this. So there's a an A, a B, a C, and there's a whole like roadmap path. and a, a path to get from here to here. Yeah, and there's expectations, and at each. At each point, there's like a threshold or a skill set you yeah. need to do. Yeah. So if what, what I think is to really be successful, too, is you need paths because you always need someone queued up 
to take that line position. Yeah. You need somebody queued up. Yep. Like I always tell my who, who's lined up for bartender. Yeah. So you need to be queuing up from your servers. Who's that? Well, who's being queued up from runner to here? Mm. So you get this feeder chain and you kind of always do it. And so you always have this it, it, and it creates less chaos and, yep. it, and continuity because that's what I think they had. They, they had less chaos. They could just run smoothly and yeah. they had more. You start here and in 12 months you can be here and here's how you do it. Right. Right. And it was just laid on paper. You want to you want a raise? Okay. Yeah. Here's the path you take to get that raise. You don't not you don't earn a raise by being here. You earn a raise by earning it. And right. this is the path you take. I had Nick Cirillo on the show with uh Nick's Pizza just out of uh Chicago and uh what I like what he calls it and what I like to call it is tangible passive growth. You need to literally create tangible framing for growth within your business curriculum. And then you put people through the system. And then they hit a, a milestone, they get a new hat or a new colored right. shirt. Yeah, I heard that. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they get a race. Yeah. And you want, you want another race? Okay, well, here's what you got to do. Right. And you literally just put it out. You build it one time. That's the system. And you put good people into right. it. Right. Yeah. But you have to be conscious and you have to keep promoting and you have to keep eyeballing. Oh, it's not you know, easy. People aren't going to come to you and say, hey, I, you have to sometimes go, hey, I think you have to encourage them. That's the other thing I do a lot. Of. Like, I think you're ready to go. Oh, I don't know if I want to move that. Uh, I think I'm okay. No, no, I think we can. But that's so and then you, you encourage them to take a risk. I use this. I use it with my, my son. I use it with my team. I go, you've got to be brave. Yeah. You got to be brave. And um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the biggest success of that was Brady, who now is a third partner at Basta. He started in high school, and now he's owner of his own restaurant. I love that, man. So that's powerful. Though. That's powerful in our culture, and, and, and our teams are going, wait a minute. That guy's not full of, you know, he's not BSing us. Mm-hmm. There's so, a story of that. Lead by example. I can show you that someone that did this. This is not an impossibility. All right. So, man, I'm looking at our our list of things we still got to talk about. I'm loving the conversation because you're giving us gold. Any other key lessons from the Cheesecake Factory before moving Nah. On? All right. <laughs> you, you dropped some good stuff on us. I don't think we have to go any deeper. So it's around this time, at your, your, the end of your tenure at the Cheesecake Factory. And you went there because you had this inkling, this inkling right. inside of you. You wanted to open your own place. And you wanted I, to go see yeah. what the structure looked like. I needed to, I needed to get some more learning. Yeah. So my business partner... The, with everything, Jimmy. James, yeah, James, Jimmy. He James. He, we'll he had James. went down to Commanders. Okay, so he went. This like, is around ninety eight. No, probably earlier than so mid nineties. Before, yeah, we went to high school, and how we became friends. I came back from New York, Mister Intense, and, and this is kind of what I tell my staff. Just a little odd little tidbit. I probably got to slow down on these. Is every day we're throwing a party. Mm. I tell my team, you're throwing a party. You're a host, and I go, and, I, and this party better not suck. And they go, what do you mean? I go, well. And I'll, I'll get kind of like, give them a hard time. Like, you know, I deal with a lot of college students and these younger people. I go, you know what this seems like to me? I go, this seems like three dudes with a keg, some plastic cups, asking for money, and they're watching TV. That's not how we throw a party. You know what I mean? So James came back. I came back from New York to visit. And I meet this guy. And we were out drinking. And I go, who, who's the guy that just bought three pitchers of boysenberry kamikazes? <laughs> and these were like shots. And he goes, oh, that's James. I go, what's up with that? It's just he loves to party, man. So <laughs> we just started throwing really ridiculous parties. And it was always like our parties were like known. So we, he's like, I, we were both kind of in college. Kind of, I was back and forth in college all the time, kind of waiting tables. And he's like, he's studying political science. He's like, I want to become a chef. So he went right to commanders. It's called what's called a potager. 
you stand in a room and you make stock and you slice. He went all the way through there. So wow. he's taking this crazy path. And I'm like in these things. And we start talking. We're like, well, maybe we should do this. And then what we did, we, we hooked up and we said, okay, we, we got to see if we can, we can. I read something that like success rate is like you got to do a full year of planning. Yeah. So we said, okay. I go, I got connections in Boulder. So he becomes the chef of this place or the sous chef who works in the executive chef. And I'm with it. We're going to work together and we're going to live together and we're going to spend a year and we're going to come up with this concept. We're going to open a restaurant. This is after the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. Okay. So we decide that also, I think pretty smart, can we, can we agree on this? So we yeah. literally work and we start making a business plan. And we just worked all day, you know, living in Boulder because that was like the connection. Okay. And we knew we were going to come back to Iowa. We're going we're gonna to okay, open so something in Iowa. We knew we wanted to come back because it was like, again, I don't think we had egos. We just wanted, we wanted um, to be successful. We wanted to be a bigger fish. You know what I mean? We thought what we had learned, this had the highest rate of success. So and, we had point, no, and we had no money. The whole point of being <laughs> in Boulder was to go find a place to post up, make some money, and just sit for a year and plan what you're correct do. okay so what was the vision then looking back what was the vision for atlas which i was i pretty proud of what we came up with literally i had been out in colorado and i was like this is when there was like three or four chipotles like i, re- I remember going to the original chipotle and i'm like man that's kind of cool there's this place called illegal pizza up in boulder and i'm like they're doing chipotle but they're doing Jamaican and they're doing Thai. They're doing all these flavors. They're wrapping up in a burrito. This thing is pretty. So we're looking at this thing. Well, this is cool. And we're like, dude, dude, we can do like James. Like I can do all this culinary stuff. So he starts checking. He, he created this, this Thai. But dude, this Thai had like shrimp. Paste. Remember, this is like in the 90s. He's like figuring out like the perfect Thai peanut sauce. Okay. He's also working on jerk like Jamaican. And he's working on Greek flavors. And he goes, and we had this idea of what we're going to do. It's not going to just be burritos. I could do, we can turn that into rice bowls. We can do it in a salad. This is in the 90s. You know, like, I'm like, and so we go, this is what we're going to do. Because it's going to be quick service. You know, we we can implement this. It's going to be ridiculous food. We're going to make money. This is going to be awesome. This is kind of out there. If you think about it, two dudes from Commanders. It's like what we'd come like, why would you? But that was an Atlas, was it? Well, well, this is what happened. So (laughs) we go back and we're like, We've never, I go, I've never, I've never, well, we never worked in a fast food, quick service. Well, quick service, we just, you know, we haven't done this. What do you think we should do? We're like, I don't know. And I go, well, I could change the line, you know, what you're supposed to walk to. I guess I could turn that into a bar. And I go, so we're just like, we're like, this is a bad idea. You know, I think we, and I think we were, I think we were way too ahead. Yeah. But we're like, we're on college camp. We got to do this. And he goes, no, we're going to roll with it, but we're going to have waiters. And we're like, all right. So we kind of already had the menu of these burritos and stuff and we're like in salads and, 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 and things over rice. You know, somebody once wrote a review. It's like, you know, you're like a whatever. You basically have like seven ingredients. You just do it 10 different ways. And we're like, yeah, <laughs> like you, you've just seen the madness behind our genius. So we open this thing, but I can't change who I am on service. And James can't say what he is on food. Yeah. <laughs> so we just everyone's like, what is this place? And I'm pretty proud of this. Is so I had been going to a place called Rumba, and well, then we run into problems. Like we have a plate, you know. Like what are we gonna do? And James is like, well, we gotta use these plates because you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do a really thin creme brulee. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna brace it because we have these oval plates that are ugly. But okay, we'll do that. And I go, tequila was out of control. The price. This is where you get wow. These guys actually do think with numbers. And I go, I go, man. 
I go, you know, margaritas. This is before the big, all the bar scene, you know. So margaritas were it, and then boop, you know, Bud Light, and maybe Sam Adams yeah. or whatever, you know, Jack and rum and cokes, you know, Captain and Coke. So I go, well, you've all this mint, man. I go, dude, rum is dirt cheap. I can get the second level of Bacardi at Castillo for like five dollars a bottle. I go, I'm going to do this. These mojitos. Nobody knew what a mo- the mo- they call mojitos. Like, yeah. What's a mojito? And I go, dude, you have all that mint. I go, dude, this is going to be so cheap. I'm going to come up with a premix. We're going to make this up. So we came into town, and I was like, well, who are these guys? And they got this thing called a mojito, you know. And they've got <laughs> what a buffalo. And it was like a buffalo burrito. But he he he, it was his namesake. Remember, we said we wanted to not do that album anymore. He's yeah. like, he goes, what did I become? I became known for this buffalo burrito, dude. You know, and but it was it was all executed so well. But it was all also very smart. Like the Jamaican, it was like, okay, our soup is black beans. Why? Because you take the beans from yesterday, and they, you know, that yeah. becomes the black bean zero soup. Zero waste. Yeah. yeah, it was zero waste. So he had been trained at Commanders, where there is zero yeah. waste. Everything has a second life and next day. Yeah, and it's always better the next day too. That's yeah, you know, and that's how everything was laid out. And so that when when Alice closed, when you or I should say when you sold it in 2017, uh, what was it? How did it transform? Was it? No, it totally elevated. We couldn't help ourselves because James was like, "Hey, hey, what do you think? I'm gonna do fagua." I'm like, "What? All right, I'll do a soft turn with that." And people are like, "What?" The other thing that this this town had to deal with is you had a guy like me out of the front of the house that had walked into town that. Like no one even you know, my ego. It was even there. Like people go, I go. I don't, I'll challenge you if you don't think it's the best. If it is as good as not the best creme brulee, or at least as good as anything you've ever had. Yeah, I'm gonna get you another one. Okay. And we were like this. We were so tight. Like I would. We had such good communication. But he could execute everything so well, dude. He'd been trained at commanders yeah. for four years. Yeah. <laughs> so I so the mean, food escalates into these. You know, it, like this. It but they were simple. But they were always thought out. And I mean, we do elk, you know, in soft shell crab season, we're doing soft shell crab. So you had this vision to create something that was going to be very set in stone, very structured, <laughs> and we fast totally casual. Fl- got rid of and it. And you just, and you lean into what you had experience doing. Well, yeah, we said we better do what we know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, maybe I, I could argue that 1997, Iowa City. Or well, this was two thousand. We opened yeah two thousand Iowa City maybe ahead of the curve two ahead of the curve. I there was a couple restaurants, but I I think I mean I, I don't want to be like Aaron, but we came back and brought some stuff that wasn't. We you did we were Iowa a little City more creative. University. Yeah, yeah, and they had people doing restaurants, but I think we brought. We we had went somewhere else. I tell everybody go somewhere else, man. Go travel. Like I love Spain. I'm gonna go to Spain in like three weeks. I go, dude. Go other places you need to learn. You yeah. need to go to the best again. Go somewhere else. Don't, you, you know what I'm saying? Goes back to SVF. Like, I'm going to go. I you always keep it fresh. You I got, keep it and fresh. you got to go to people that are pushing it. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to have the same old, same old. So, take me through the business success of Atlas. And you said you, 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 you had too much to be, wait, too much work to be scared or excited, is what you said. So, yeah, things we, are going well. Well, at like, the beginning, well, we worked. We, first of all, we opened it for $110,000. Where'd Could you get he, the money? Um, we had a little bit of money. We we had like six investors. We literally it was hilarious. Like, hey, we'll take five thousand. Um, I got very fortunate. A, a wonderful lady made named Mary Marula uh, through cycling and, and and community knew me, and she gave us the loan. So we had like nice. a sixty thousand dollar loan. That was it. That's crazy. That's and then we started working twenty four seven, and we just we just um, kept reinvesting. 
Dude, we the, the the equipment we had was so bad. It was so bad. I mean, it, dude, the the I had a the most antiquated cash register. All my staff had to know PLUs, like the what's they, a PLU? They had to know the number. Like one hundred one is is the first appetizer. You know, a bold roll. One hundred two is uh, Atlas Salad. One hundred three is Voodoo Shrimp. One hundred four. I mean, they they literally like we were on sh- such a shoestring. We painted it. We did everything ourselves. We literally did. We we didn't have a construction crew. You could get away with it. You know, you could at that time. I feel so bad for people trying to open now because that dream and that that labor of love. I mean, I I think that you can still do it, but it, it it saddens me that the costs have gone out of control. It's just nuts. But at the same time, the expectation I think has gone out of control too. Yeah. And people are always kind of trying to outdo each other, and we throw so much money into the design and the build out of these restaurants, and it's just like, why are you getting so far ahead over your skis? You, yeah, we you don't never have did, to yeah. open the restaurant that yeah. that person spent twenty years building. Yeah, and we listened. We like <laughs> listened. We we were there. We kept thinking like, what makes them happy? I mean, to start out, I I literally sent my staff out like with samples because everybody like, what is that? We went, we just, it was one color blue. We, we, I took some metal, like drilled it on to change the awning, like the silver. And then I just literally rolled the, the thing a blue color. So what were the key <laughs> lessons during this time with Atlas? No, it was just every day. I think a, a lot of it, like, so we, we had an amazing team, but I, I worked because what it is, is th- this is the unreasonable part of it. This is like the unrealistic part of it, but so many people do it is, James and I were there. Somebody was one of us was touching that place for the first I don't know, four or five years. I mean, for literally for like six months. I'm, I'm not lying. We did. It was just there. It took that much. We, we had no other option. It wouldn't yeah. have survived. Yeah, we were the cheapest labor and we were the best trainer. So he lit. We, we took the mentor role really seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, so we what, what was it that changed to get you out of there every day to be able to again? We finally started figuring out systems. We first just had that. I had to create. We had to work and figure out the role and the expectations of management. You know, you know, and we, yeah, it, it, and it was like by osmosis because we were so there. We had such a team that we had just they, they just got it. Yeah, you know, so I would still be there and stop stop by. You know all. And that's why I think when it actually, when we didn't, is when I didn't want it anymore. When you didn't stop by? When I wasn't, when I couldn't be there. Okay. You know, I was like, this is, uh. and again, that's what we did. We thought, well, we'll do it with quick service. But even that, we t- what really is in the bio, we tried, we're like, ah, we're going to open a couple more Jimmy Jacks. We're like, man, we're not multi-unit guys. You know, we've got our two joints. You know, we got our Boston, we got our, our this. And I still feel guilt. And sometimes, like, God, am I showing up? Or am I doing enough? Or have I given the the, the, the team the best for their tools to be successful? Um, and it's it's a constant growth area. It's constantly growing and, and and getting better. Winning my morning, getting up, coming in, making time for my teams, giving them skills, giving them feedback. And I'm sorry if I'm a little bit ambiguous on like what those are. I mean, they're just there's so much. It's yeah. all over the map, dude. Oh, yeah. You I know, can imagine. But you mean you 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 mentioned the key thing is that you couldn't get out of your restaurant until you put systems in place, right? Um, and there's tons of books out there. I recommend the E Myth and um, E Myth Traction, two books that give you the language. Uh, is in, that like the, the, with the L7 meetings or L10 meetings? Yes, I believe L10s, so. L10s, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah so we're actually um, going through trying to eat 
we're reading what the heck is EOS right now, which is like the highlighted, the abbreviated version of Traction, where they they give you the the, the EOS system. But it's it can be intimidating no, if I, you don't have experience I've with operations. Got people I've spoken to that love it. They're like they yeah. swear by it. Yeah. So 2005 is when you opened Jimmy Jacks. What's right. going through? What's the narrative? Because you said it took you about five years to get out. Was it because no, no, we were still in. We stole both places. What we did when we opened Jimmy Jacks, we opened it because we're like, eh, we'll buy a piece of real estate. We'll have some good barbecue. Originally, we're like. It was just a joke. I'm like, oh, I could take a Long John Silver's, and because James had all this Creole, he was so yeah. attuned and had such good. We could call it like the Crab Shack or the Creole Shack, and then we were just got intrigued with barbecue, and then so J- J- James actually like, let's just do this. Yeah. So he just went, he started re- he just started making sauce, and cra- I mean, just getting on it, and on it, and that's I mean, that's where we're at today. I mean, we're like on the cusp of, I mean, our. Our stuff is on Amazon. You can go yeah. get our sauce cool. now. That's like long, you know, where this idea of just doing something. The other thing is, I'm like, let's just do something cool. If it ain't cool, we're not doing it. You know, like, like yeah. so it was just cool. It was just cool. Like, we didn't think we were going to be bottling sauce. We didn't, you know, you know, was that in the art of archery? This guy told me once, he goes, Jack, stop thinking about the end product. Just stay focused. You know, what is, what is everybody saying right now? Be present. Yeah. Be present. Be part of the journey. And so we did, and it, it was just limited. I said, it has to be a limited menu. What was the menu, the opening menu? It was uh, ribs. It was pulled pork, pulled pork being pulled right. I mean, it was just, everything was so on point, like artisan barbecue. It was just brisket. It, I, 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 I was like, yeah, there's this place called In-N-Out. Or no, yeah, In-N-Out, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, Dude, it's just burgers. I'm like, we have to follow In-N-Out's idea. Why, it's why In-N-Out. was that so important to you? Because I'm like, this is the only, this is, they just do it. We don't, well, look at this. You're in here right now. It's so tiny. Yeah. I go, it's going to be tiny. I go, all oh, good. Bar-. And we had went to barbecue joints, yeah. and they don't even do anything else. They just did three, they did like five things. But what's the significance? What's the power in doing a few things really well? Because you know what it is. You do, do it's better to do three things really well, <laughs> three things really well than freaking 10 things really badly. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's execution. We say every day is like, it is consistent. This is a little mantra like that we tell the restaurants when things go off, off the rails or in the ditch or things are going bad, we get to the basics. And what is it? I'll, I'll make this really short, but it's, it's what we tell our staff is we are going to to serve consistent, mm-hmm. timely food made accurately, which is kind of redundant, in a clean, and, uh, you know, just pretty much I just say clean, <laughs> clean, well-maintained environment by knowledgeable, hospitable servers or staff. So that's it. Is if you're going to execute the food, it doesn't have to be an A, but if you're B plus all the time and it is consistent and it is made timely, it is made accurate, so they know that every time and it is in a clean environment and it is served with, you know, with sincerity, right, with authenticity, just really, you're done. That's it. Yeah. Go always yeah. go back to those basics. But um, I mean, this is something that has come up a lot in the show where people they they have their dream, their vision, the thing that. They want to be their namesake restaurant, and they go for that out of the gates. Like maybe for you, that was like Atlas or um, yeah. uh, Basta, right? Like where it's really yeah. high end. Really, you need talent in there to execute this. You can't hire somebody off the street to teach them how to do one thing. You need to come in with skill. Uh, like that is a big hungry beast that's going to take everything you have. If you choose to, I know you went out of order. I mean, you went in whatever order, but I guess. The point I'm trying to make is if you choose to do the Jimmy jo- the Jimmy Jacks first, 
or you can have this money machine that right. doesn't need you to be there every day. Well, that was the theory. It's like, yeah. well, then we could go off and then do the exactly. restaurant. <laughs> so you get the, you ju- you create something that's going to bring you cash flow and it's going to be simple and that right. you can create systems around easily and you just focus on throughput volume. Right. And that gets cash and then that will give you cash flow to go that you can turnkey that operation right. and then you go chase your dream. Like right. the, the thing that you need to be there every right. day because if you're not there it's not going to work, right? right? Uh, what but, are your thoughts on that? No, and that's why we did this. We said we need this since we can't be here. We need to create something and sort of business that they can be successful. Yeah. We can and be pride. So that's what it was. It was like, well, we have the pit, you know, and we, you know, we were fortunate too. We did a lot of research. At, uh, I can't think of the gentleman's name, but one of the owners of Fiorello's, you know, Jack Stacks down in Kansas City. Yeah. Because we were doing it one way, and we we went to all these barbecue joints, and he was nice enough to like talk to us, and he. I'm not going to go into details. Kind of gives us some like secrets, and to James, yeah. James like, no, no, I'm going to do it this way. We come back like a week later. It's like, dude, we got to do what to do. We got to, we kind of got to follow him, like with Fiorellos and those guys. Those guys are so smart. It's not going to be a plus. It's maybe going to be a, but I can do it consistently. So yeah. again, it was just asking for help. It was like, wow, like you just said, this show. What's so great about it? It's like we're just eating. It, it, we went to all these places. I was so like, I can't eat any more barbecue, you know. And we just start talking to people. Mm-hmm. And that they were so generous to like, there it is. You know, there's Imagine the generosity the with you back then just to help, <laughs> you know, no, he just helped me out. Yeah. And he was like, this was great. And it, it was, that was it. But no, I, I kind of get what you're saying. And that was the original plan was to do that. But, um, I don't know. Just like I said, me and James are <laughs> different. We just, we don't follow the normal route. We do take a lot of left turns and yeah. backward steps. So 2000, you open Atlas world grill in Iowa. Um, then in, in 2005, what, it was Jimmy Jacks yeah. in 2010, which we really haven't spoken much about. You mentioned it uh, earlier. You had Boss's Italian restaurant. You sold Atlas in 2017. And in 2017 to 2021, you opened and closed an additional location of Jimmy Jacks. Yeah. So that's kind of where we are present right. day. You, you're, you were talking about something that I think was really important earlier, and I want to resurface that. It's about creating opportunity for others. Right. And the name you mentioned specifically was Brady. Yeah. Where, how did Brady come into your life? Let's listen. Again, he, he he got a job at Atlas, like in high school. Yeah, he wanted because we were we were known like you would go there to, if you want to learn food, you go work for James, you know, go work at Atlas. I, I don't think we're out. You know, that was like a great place. Was he there like the, within the first two years? Or oh no, 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 no. Towards um, probably like eight years into it or something. Two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah. And so he kind of went through the ranks. He was like, you know, he's going to a local culinary. Jimmy Jacks was open. Yeah, Jimmy Jacks was already open. I think when he started, and he was just you know. But he, he went through the ranks. So he, he had become, you know, at the level of chef. And, and uh, actually, he, he, I'm not, I don't, I'm trying to remember how it went, that like when and how he went to, to Florence, Italy and came back. And then he kept working. And he just, he was kind of relentless. Just, oh, you know, this idea, you know, this Italian. I'm like, well, you know, Italian's smart. And it's probably easier and more palatable for Iowa to understand that, you know. And they're like, they, again, they're scenes. They never go out of fad, right? They never go out of favor, you know. And, Again, it was kind of an opportunity of where we looked at it, but with him, it was like we just sat down and I've got video. We made a lot of, you know, we did the legal part, you know, you got the attorneys, Um, but I was pretty proud of how we, we even made, and I would say anybody with this is when you go into a partnership that, you know, you don't want the person, they want them to buy shares, in my opinion. This is how we, me and how we decided this, and we wanted him to the success of Boston would not hinder. And all of a sudden it's like, well, I've just done so well, I can't afford to buy in. So there was like pre agreed 
amounts of buy-ins and terms. And I think that's somehow where I think James and I are a little different, where I, I literally knew that, yes, I, I, would, I would be selling. He would be getting a deal, but he only had that win. You know what I mean? So he knew that there wasn't any, like, I'm not going to crush it. You know what I mean? And so I think that's what I mean, too. Is you have to up to this point from to make sure I understand. He joins you guys in around 2008. Um, he immediately. Uh, who knows? I don't know. Ish, <laughs> ish. Um, he instantly has passion, talent for Italian food. He wants to learn more. He goes to Florence. He continues to hone his skills. Um, he comes back. Yeah, he comes back and continues to work at Atlas. So he's working at Atlas. Is uh, I'm not sure if he was the executive chef or chef de cuisine. Yeah. You know what I mean? The whole, yeah. but he was there working with James, and they just both were so excited about doing this. So they kind of talked to me. I was the one dragging my feet. Okay, but what's the power in bringing on a new partner? A lot of people get afraid of giving up equity, and they say, "Well, you don't have to give up equity. You get into a lot of trouble." What happens if you give this person equity, and they decide they don't want to do it anymore? They start right. showing up. What are the things that made you overcome? these types of doubt to go into the deal? Well, I mean, you can, we still struggle at meetings, you know, as we sit around a table, you know. Um, I think sometimes it was kind of nice. I think it was good for James and I to get a third opinion. You know, when it's just the two of you, like the old married couple, you know, we've been doing it. Um, I, plus what he brought in was, like he'll say, we can't do it that way anymore. I know that's how you use it. So since he was there, right, he was kind of in that kitchen more than James. He, he, he evolved. He was more relevant to what was happening at the time. So you need that. You need, you know, I always said, oh, God, we've got to listen to these guys. You know, what are they saying? Because we may, so he brought freshness. I, like I said, I, 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 I don't really want, and I don't really, I mean, we've got it set up, you know, with control. But at any point, I'm like, maybe it'd be a little different here with Jimmy Jacks, but I'm like, I'm okay. Like, sell it. Done. You can have it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it ain't right and it ain't jamming, I don't... Did he I'll do Atlas? something else. What's that? You sold Atlas in 2017. Yeah. Did you sell it to... Not to Brady. I... Okay. Should I tell him? <laughs> I sold it to somebody you'll be talking. You'll be meeting the people that I sold it to. Got it. Got it. Uh, <laughs> so maybe Like that up. group with Matt Swift yeah, and yeah, Smart yeah. and those guys bought Smart it. guys. We're going to be talking about oh, them very smart. Ben, and, ben and Matt, yeah. And, you know, the other thing with that was they were still passionate. You know, when I met with Matt and those guys, they were like, this is, we're at a party. And it was some other owners, you know, or people at the time. And I go, what do you think? And they're like, that's such a cool thing. And, you know, it was a great location, all this stuff. And I'm like, hey, these guys are going to... They're going to make it going on. They're not tired of that album, yeah. you know. And, and this is how they roll. So this is and this is this when is, is this? 2017? Yeah, around there. And then, where you know, were they with their businesses at that point? Um, I don't know. They had, they were they were big, you know. I think they yeah. were like I said they were probably. I would give them like on 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 systems and stuff. They were better, you know. They, yeah. they and they were growing. I make jokes with one of the business associates. I'm like, yeah, you guys are like the Death Star, and I'm like the <laughs> Rebel. I'm like on the and I go and I'll go I go how's the meeting on the Death Star today and he goes well you know and I go because I don't understand it I, I give them huge amounts of credit that they I'm glad I made you laugh that they can sit in a room with that many yeah. people that many people can't take me you know yeah. I just offend too many you people know, it wouldn't work but you're bringing up a good point right now and this is something I've learned and I used to really struggle with this maybe like five six years into the podcast 
I was like, I need to have some definitive answers of what it takes, like what the answer is to success. I've spoken up to 600 people. It's up to you, man. To each is different. That's the thing that I'm starting to realize (laughs) is like, you know what? There's a million different ways to be successful in the industry. But really what the journey starts with you and what your hard wiring is, what your makeup is, what your strengths and weaknesses are. You got to do a SWOT analysis on yourself before you ever do a SWOT analysis on a business. You got to lean into your own strengths. You got to, I mean, there's a million different ways to get from here to there and that's why i listen to everybody yeah because it's important to get that perspective and to take a little bit of what this person said and a little bit of what that person yeah. said and to, to create your own path. exactly that's why you i know? tell people go work for this you have to work for like six you should be looking for a handful of different restaurants before yeah. you would even think of doing your own yeah but to those guys yeah i give them credit because i think they they're built that way and they're they're successful and they can figure that where i'm like i'm not I, I, it's beyond my bandwidth to have too much going on. Yeah, they manage it better. That's not one of my strengths. So, what is it? What is your strength? Where Where do you shine? I don't know. What do you bring to this? <laughs> what is the thing that, like, when other restaurateurs look at you and go, "Man, you know," I don't know. Jack I, Piper just does it this way better than anybody else. Or this, uh, you know, I, I I think I think I'm losing my edge. To be honest, I think back <laughs> in the day I brought. Well, no, I think I was more innovative. You know. Um, I've I've taken my role on more as just teaching my management the pride of hospitality. Yeah. And a lot of people like I, I get it. You don't a cook a chef they 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 can put that plate out. They've actually physically made something. And so I think one of my strengths was working with in my own odd way. I showed you that little silly weekly and stuff of like how to how to teach my staff to relate and to communicate and and to get their team to get it. Like I I, I asked a handful of my myself I'm, I'm really really proud that i have a lot of people that work from that now own own their own restaurants or own their own companies yeah and they said one thing you used to say was like this is like grandma's house we do it like grandma does it you know and but the reason i say that is because everyone has a grandma yeah. it's like okay well it's grandma i go when you knock on the door grandma doesn't say just come on in she gets up and yeah. walks to the door yeah and grandmas have the best hospitality um how we take care of our stuff Grandma's had that same amazing pan forever. I she have takes my care grandma's of pan right exactly now. because she it. takes care of it. You know, when when we leave, she walks you to the door. So I guess it's not so much maybe the grandma is that maybe I, I'm lucky or fortunate enough that I am able to get the come up with with ways to communicate to my teams that get it to click. And to find it enjoyable, and they do it. Like I said, it's not about upset. it's not about a set. It's because it's authentic. I think I'm just a lot of people. They'll say, "Wow," and you, you will always like the people at work. You know that like that like Jack does not waver. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how many times I sat in room like, "Sorry, you got to fire that guy." I know, but he's awesome. He's awesome on all these levels. Yeah, but, but he's been been uh been late three times. He's got to go. Yeah. Well, what, what, can we make the change? So, uh, you know, so I, I teach them to do that, but also. I think just being authentic and, and being real. And that's what I try to tell them. And that Because that, 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 if I try to game it or create a, that's why I say create a scene or something whacked, I, I just, I'm not wired to do that. I was never trained. I never learned that way. Yeah. So you said you're a designer. Something else I wrote down. I kind of gave you a little jab earlier. I was teasing you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what do you mean by that? When you say I'm a designer, what are, what are you designing in your mind? What's the canvas? Well, how do you do? What's the difference between a designer and an artist? Uh, I would say a designer has functionality. There you go. Yeah. And, and wait, do, do 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 the masses have access to something well designed? And the masses don't have 
to high in art. It's just like high end food. That's artistry. You know these chefs and those prices. So you can take an artist artisanal approach. Yeah. Right. But there's too many people out there that then will never experience that. And if you go back to like what we did at Alice, like no, we can still take these amazing foods, but if we design it in a way that it can be, you know, that can be produced and put out there, we've we've won the lottery. We we're better because we're getting it to the masses. Yeah. And that's when you said, "Why did you say whatever to the art world?" I was like, "Oh, dude, it's just a whatever, whatever." I'm gonna I'm gonna reach more people. It, yeah. It's kind of how I cope, maybe with 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 am I doing good enough or. Am I satisfied with yeah. my with my ego and how who I want to be? Yeah. And so by saying that I'm a designer, which there's dude, designers, arch, an architect is you know what I'm saying is a designer because maybe me not, but if you can, I guess by by a designer produces multiples of things, but a really good design is still really awesome. Yeah. So now, I mean, you're, you're forcing me to think into. I like to move the conversation into the now, the present, moving into the future. As a designer, how are you designing? How are you pivoting? How are you designing for the future? What's going through yeah. your mind? Well, the thing that I guess in my business partners have been really cool. They, they've kind of let me go full circle of like like my creativity now. And I'm like, I had to talk to James. I'm like, dude, these sauces are sick. We, we can get them out. We had so many other people support. So I got to work on like the bottling of the sauce, the design. So it's like, yeah. it's almost like this is the new album. Now, now I'm, Oh, and, and they're being supportive enough. So I'm trying to now balance, you know, how do I have these amazing managers that run this team, but then also this huge sense of pride that I have that I'm taking my, you know, my best friend, you know, this guy who's created this amazing stuff who's like, I don't know, man, I don't know, people aren't gonna like this. And then he goes, man, you're just you're getting it out there. I'm like, because I just got, I got, I, again, I've got the passion. I'm just so zoned in on this. And it's I'm super super excited about that, but that's design, right? And it's like oh the bottles and the labels and yeah. everything else. So that's kind of where I'm at now. And the fact that what you've said through this thing kind of reeling me back in of really going back on all the systems and and the procedures on how to make all my managers, my assistant managers, my line cooks. My service, every level bartenders successful. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of resetting back. You know, COVID was, COVID sucked. Yeah. And I was in here all the time. It was the worst thing ever. And we, you know, it just really made us, you know, kind of reevaluate. So we had to hit a pause because it was just chaos. It was just chaos. And, um, you know, we've held on to, you know, we've done well. We've, you know, I think we've done, but we're, we're like, we've got to even do better. Yeah. Yeah. You man. know, uh, Jack, I've been loving this conversation. And um, one thing I'm trying to ask all my guests is uh, the mission statement is to inspire, empower and transform the industry. Where is the industry today and where do you think it should be? What direction should we go? What What's right with the industry that you want to see more of? What's wrong with the industry that you want to see less of? I think what's one thing that's well, it's all over the, the huge. First of all, the industry is huge. Yeah, you got to think what angle. You know, there, there's there's franchises. I mean, there's high end of this. So it's, it's all over the bat. You know, it's, ghost it's, kitchens. It's, yeah, it's it's whatever meal I, prep. Like a so, I mean, I think as a whole, I don't think you're going to fix all the problems. There's going to be some bad actors, and there's just going to be some stuff that you're like, wow, just like with any industry or anything. But if anything, um, one thing that people I, I wish, and maybe it's evolving to but not some of it is and isn't that this is can be a career you you can you know so many college students like my parents i want to work i want to go through your management program jack but i'm like a failure then what, you know what i mean because what, i gotta go to chicago what because, has to change to to make people um, not see this industry as a failing path well i i think it's like what you say it's like it's it's coming up with 
with with benefits, meaning not 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 just just like healthcare, but uh, PTO, you know, pay time off, um, reasonable hours. Um, what has to change for that to happen? Maybe being closed on Sundays. You know, what I mean, where people can't get can't get their meal because you know I travel around all the time and five day work weeks. You know that you, that might be it. Where, yeah. where, where the, so they can have a more consistent schedule and they know what's coming. But when you just go to five days, think about yeah. that. You're like I know those five days. I, mean, I know those days. There's right no surprises. To, people don't like surprises. Like people are saying, like like they're like, oh, excited to get back to the way things were. I'm like, do we really yeah. want to go back? Are these reduced hours maybe something that we should consider right. keeping? And smaller menus. I mean, exactly. I mean, you travel through all these other cultures and you go places and they don't have all these different items in their grocery the, stores. They're the going to cool, get three different items, not 20. The, I thing, mean, the cool thing about owning your market or what you do is that like you own that market and then there's if you don't if you close at 9 and every restaurant in town closes at 9, now there's an opportunity to open at 9. And be open sure, until yeah. like four AM because there isn't an option in town. And like you become that spot. And like yeah. I think there's ways to balance things out and diversify and like do like you said, you don't have to be everything to everybody. Do a few things really well and own yeah. that market. Create room for more people, you know? Yeah, and then it's just it, it, again, having how is the how, how is how is the workplace better? Having paths, having opportunity. And yeah, just but again, solid, good pay. But a lot of you know people get into this business because they want flexibility. They're not a nine to five. They they want to take the three days off, and then they yeah. want to work seven days in a row. So, you know, it, it, one size doesn't fit all. So yeah. there's not some. So when you say, "Oh no, no, we have to have regular systems," like no. uh, these are a lot of youthful. I've always accepted this is like a transitional position. This yeah. is. I mean, for some people, they go own your own or you can go to upper management. There's nothing wrong. People need transitional jobs. They need yeah. experiences in life. And uh, why do we have to recreate it? Maybe that this is that that position, maybe all positions in life can't be full time jobs. Yeah. You know, they're, they're meant that 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 job is kind of pigeonholed for the person going to college or that is a single mom that's like, oh, I just need a little bit of extra income, you know, and I want yep. to do this, and I don't want to work 40 hours. I don't want this. I mean, you bring up really good points, and I think, again, that's what the, the and this is something I've been saying a lot, echoing a lot lately, lately is this idea. I think the industry is going to diversify. Um, exactly. I think we're going to see it fragment even more, and there's going to be more and more sec- sectors to meet. The nuclear family isn't a, 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 as common as it once was. Right. So there's different people with different needs, and those needs need to be met. So you're going to see a very fragmented, diversified, colorful industry. And I think it's a right. great thing. I think it's going to create opportunity for people in niches, you know? Yeah, I mean, in COVID, a lot, a lot of places already shut down. I mean, so many industries, so many but brands. A lot of those and, brands that in restaurants that shut down, they were hanging on before COVID. Right, right, right. Well, I guess what I'm saying is the consumers are going to have less. They're going yeah. to accept the fact that there's less options in the grocery store and, and, and less options of colors for their washer and dryers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because... It's not just, and there's going to be less choices on the food menu. You know, there's yeah. going to be a little less of these. But things. there's also going to be more restaurants. And if you want something yeah. tonight, you don't have to go to that restaurant. Like, right? Sh- like, fragment, diversify, own what you do well, and create room in the market for other people. You well, know, sadly, people are cooking less. I mean, and it's like, wow. I mean, I guess it's good for us, but yeah. it's also like I cook so many meals and I teach my son, my family, and I'm like. It, it kind of saddens me too that it's like I, I just I still this day people are like oh dude I got the smoker jack I gotta tell you I'm like I, this is how I'm smoking it. and I'm gonna pu- pull the brisket at this time I go your brisket's gonna be as good as mine better yeah because I, I I'm designing it remember yeah. I'm the design I'm, I, I have to do a scale mm. I go 
I invite, of course, I'm like, no, you're going to kill it. That, that, that brisket, you're going to pull off. You're going to let rest. You're going to slice it. And I still say the best meal, and that's what we try to do here. That's like the family, yeah. the front of the house. Yeah. You know, your, my grandma's house. It's like, that's, that's the hospitality and sincerity that is even, I'm saddened by that people aren't doing in their own home. Yeah. I mean, there's something gracious about that of like making a meal, and I'm like, it's, I, of course, I want you to go out, but I, There's, I think people wish they could kind of just do yeah, it. Like, I, I like going to somebody's house, and it's more casual, it's quiet. Intimacy, you know, you know people are like you don't want to go out to eat. I'm like, no, no, no I'll just, I'd rather can I just come to your house? Can we just hang out? You know, because. <laughs> That is the best. Yeah, man. I, and here I, I am on a restaurant show telling you know, like this because no, I agree though. I mean, I much rather stay in for the most part. I, I don't really go out to eat that much. <laughs> ironically, I love to have people over. I like the host, right? You know, and that fulfills uh, you. Exactly. You know? That's what I'm, I'm like. I get to fulfill myself, and that's why I tell my team this is so fulfilling. You know that we're like they're in our home. Jack, is there anything we have not discussed up to this point before we take another break? No. To thank our sponsors. No, I think we're good. All right, one more quick question before we take a break. <laughs> Again, the mission statement, inspire, empower, and transform the industry. How have you personally transformed? You want to do that right now yeah. when we get back? How right I now. transformed? Yeah. I have become um, a lot mellower. <laughs> I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm a lot. I'm not so intense. I, I think I, um, which has been good for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm finding balance, I guess. Yeah. You know, I guess. And what I have done, and that's, that's my wife, that's my son. What you did know it take what I mean? for you to find that balance? Wife, son? I think so, yeah, yeah, because if I wouldn't have had, um, and, and I tell my son, I will, I'll tell him this, and I'm pretty proud of this. I almost like tear up because, you know, you, you, these kids, man, it's tough, man. That's the toughest job. I mean, and I, you, you have hard conversations with kids, you know, and you're like, how do I make them the best? And I, I like a year or two ago, I go, because I was gone, you know, COVID, it was just a bear. And I go, you know, I, what dad, because dad's job, when he was in kindergarten, he goes, I want to be a restaurant worker like my dad, you know, and all the other parents were like, oh, and I'm like, no. <laughs> and I, and I, I said to him, I go, I go, do you know what my number one job is? And I go, being your dad. So when yeah. things are tough, I go, I'm going to tell you tough stuff. Yeah. I go, but it is not the restaurant. It is not this. I, I hate to say it. Mom's number two, too. Yeah. My number one job is you being your yeah. dad. And so it helps us because when things are gross and that's the balance. Per- and I have, and, and that's yeah. where, with selling a restaurant or doing something else, um, you'll talk to switch on those guys or smart. They're like, you just, you'd be happy if you're just like hanging in Spain. I'm like, yeah, man, you know, I, I it's cause I'll be happy. Jack. I've loved this conversation, man. I really have one more quick break to thank our sponsors. We're going to bust out a true speed round when we come back. Today's episode is brought to you by margin edge. Margin edge is a restaurant management software that uses POS integration and invoice data to show you your food costs in real time. The beauty of margin edge is that the information is immediately available. You take a picture and boom, you have access to it just in time and everything that margin edge does is aimed at making your restaurant more efficient. So what exactly do you get with margin edge with margin edge? You get automatic invoice processing. You can do this by either taking photos with their app scanning slash emailing files or integrating it with a electronic data interchange. You can get daily controllable PL, including labor data. You can get recipe costing and menu analysis tools, not to mention you also get inventory management and actual versus theoretical usage reports. Margin Edge gives you the prime cost daily so there are no surprises at the end of the month. 
By totally digitizing your back office, your team saves hours on paperwork and gets real-time data to manage food costs, labor, and budgets in the moment, not weeks after the period ends. With supply chain disruption and labor shortages, making real-time data-driven decisions is more important than ever. Because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, Margin Edge will cover your onboarding. That means you get 60 days free to get started and up and running before you make your first payment. To learn more, head to me.marginedge.com slash restaurant hyphen unstoppable or find the banner in the show notes. Find out why past guests like Tender Greens and Kava are using Play IQ for their accounts payable automation and expense management solution. Yes, you heard me right. Play IQ now offers a new spend management feature, which allows you to issue virtual or physical cards directly with Play IQ card. With Play IQ card, there is no credit card check, no minimum balance, and no personal guarantee required. This feature is great for small restaurants who want to eliminate expense reporting for their employees, but cannot get a corporate credit card easily. And I've got to let you know that with play IQ card, you can get up to 1% cash back. That's pretty great. Now I've told you what's new with plate IQ, but you can't forget about all the other features you get with plate IQ, like bill pay and incredible insights and approval of hierarchies with bill pay. You can seamlessly flow from invoice upload to paying your bill. And this is all happening online. So no more paper checks. Plate IQ bill pay lets you see what's due when, and you can pay by check ACH or Play IQ card. Also with Play IQ bill pay, you can say goodbye to escrow. That's right. No more flow. In other words, no money leaves your account until it's received by the vendor. We've got to talk about Play IQ insights too, because I mean, insights are so important. There's insights to allow you to compare spend by item, vendor, time, period, and location. Man, I love some insights. You can even set alerts. For example, if a price goes outside your agreed contract terms, boom, you get an alert. And then lastly, there's Play IQ custom approval workflows. Only see the invoices you need to, no more duplications of efforts, and no more hunting down approvers. To learn more, head to www.playiq.com slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, save 25% off implementation. We're back. And the first question I have for you is what is your it factor, a habit, a characteristic, a trait you think most contributes to your success? Exceeding expectations. What is your biggest weakness? Overthinking things. How are you overcoming it? Working on touching things once and letting it go. Mm. What is one question you ask or thing you look for during the interview process when you're trying to grow your team? What are you looking for? Other than people who don't have teeth that look like beans. Big we didn't beans. talk about that earlier. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do I look for? Honesty. Honesty. I like that. What is your biggest challenge today? Managing my time. How are you overcoming that? Winning my morning planning. Yes, I love that. Um, what is the biggest element of winning your morning and planning? The biggest thing, that the most important variable of that? Um, not putting too much on my plate. And some things will go on through the next morning, the next day. Yeah. Share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team. This is a way to be, a way to act, core value. 
I'm going to kind of let the go be. First of all, you're entitled to nothing, <laughs> which is kind of harsh. But all decisions are made in the best interest of the guest. If you have something you want to bring up or you're trying to like, I think we should invest this. Say, okay, explain to me, is that your best interest or is that really at the end of the day at the core will make the guest experience better? And mm. if it does, then we'll implement it. What is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? So something that's common within the four walls of your restaurants that go above and beyond what's expected, but not common throughout the industry. Um, I got one locked and loaded based off our conversation. What, grandma's house? I don't know. Create a joint. Create a joint. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a joint. We're not a scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. <laughs> uh, what is one un- Sorry. What is one book that's a must-read to make you a better person or a restaurant operator? God, I had this one that I was looking at. It was like from the Harvard Review. I, I, I always think I'm being kind of hip because I go, ooh, I'm in the airport. I'm going to get this Harvard thing. <laughs> um, but no, Danny Myers. Danny's set Sitting the table. The table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's classic, but it's it's it's. I tell all my, my team, read it. It's good. By far the number one recommended book on the show. And I have a plan already if I get a chance to interview Danny. I want to do Setting the Table 2.0. Because that book is very chronological. It takes a very chronological approach. How I yeah. open my restaurants. What's happened since would be a great interview. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know how many times I say constant subtle pressure. <laughs> you know, you so, know, so Danny, I know, I, I know you're listening to this. So whenever, oh, you're Danny, ready, yeah, and I, whenever I, you're ready. Well, we're very, very excited too because <laughs> I think they're messing with me. But we're 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 hooking up with Gold Belly. I don't want me to have a plug or whatever. But oh, actually, a very cool company. There's Gold actually Belly. an opportunity to plug. So we'll just okay. Well, it's not even only plugging for. I mean, whatever. Yeah, no, but no. but we we were approached by Gold Belly, uh, and I was like, what you know, what me and why blah 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 blah, and they're like, you guys are good, you know. And so if everything goes according to plan, we will be uh, launching a week or two. You can go to the Gold Belly website. You can get our amazing barbecue and stuff throughout the U.S. And I I took it as a compliment and in doing my research I'm like wow Danny Meyer put like 20 million I mean you know Mr. Shake Shack and all this other stuff and I'm like talking to my business partner I'm like I think this is kind of legit because yeah. he's like wow why do we want to do this I'm like well Danny's a pretty smart dude so to fit in it's this funny story I have to send tests out and I have to send it I love this I love I love their integrity of that the CEO has to try the food mm-hmm. and I love that I'm like yeah sweet and then I'm sitting and I got to send it somewhere else and yeah. I see the name Dan Meyer in a Brooklyn address. And so I'm, I'm on this Zoom meeting. I'm like, you serious? Is my food going to Danny Meyer? They go, no, this is a different Dan Meyer. And I go, really? <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm still kind of wondering. It does like barbecue. I know. And I'm like going, you know, I'm, I'm hoping he's liking it. I hope it's all good. And we'll finish up. And next week, you'll be able to get my stuff on Gold Belly. <laughs> and uh, the next question I was going to ask you is, what's one service you've outsourced uh that you've hired and outsourced. So that I think we can go with Gold Belly. That's a service that you've hired and outsourced yeah, to, yeah. to, get, to well, get your food into food, the models across the Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're pretty anti. I'm, I'm not a big fan. I, we could talk a long time. I'm not a big fan of third party delivery. I think it's bad for the industry. I wish, I mean, I understand the convenience and stuff, but I, I, just, I worry about it. I worry about it. Well, first of all, you I mean, I, I don't like giving my food to somebody else that is a third party that I know they don't care about it. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they, they say they do. I mean, that was a big thing that's with Gold Belly. The, we went really intense. This had to show up right. You know, I mean, like we didn't even think we were going to do this. Yeah. But that and, and the fact that all the layers and, you know, of like the cost and come on. I mean, if you do the research, I mean, most restaurants are not making money. They're, it's just marketing. They feel they have to do it. It's really sad. They feel like they have to do it. 
and it just gets to the bottom line of volume of sales. But I, they're, yeah, I, it's just, I just don't like it. I don't think it's good. For, I, pizza's one thing, getting your pizza delivery, but I, I just, it's old school me. I just, yeah. I just don't think it's good. Yeah, I, I, I tend to lean in that direction. I think it's a great way to get your your brand out there and get discovered. But the goal should be to offload or off, you know. What's I mean, the and there's good for? companies. I'm sure they do it and they take pride. I just. I just don't think it's good. You want to you want to transfer people from those third parties to your your own. Yeah, or just coming in. I mean, yeah. I come yeah. on, people, get up, get in the car, so, come join me, come to my joint. Right? <laughs> it's like <laughs> I got the next question for you. It's it's what is one technology you've recently adopted in your restaurant that's had a huge impact on communication, profitability, uh, anything along those lines? Just just the I, the POS machines. You know, I mean, we we do. We more just the basic POS. I mean, I used to just not worry, but we do. We 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 look at product mixes. You know, we we see what's selling, what's not selling. Um, that's old school, but you've got to collect data of like what are they doing. So I mean, maybe that's not a new technology. But did you recently update your technology? Yeah, yeah. It was during COVID because we had it more antiquated and we didn't have a system for ordering online, and that was imperative through COVID. So. I, I beat the curve to we went with toast and I was like on it and I'm like I told my business partner I'm like it was like my mission and I I got in and I got the equipment and they did like every industry they laid everybody off and they had to struggle to come back and then people couldn't they couldn't advance they couldn't yeah. get to online and so yeah by moving um, to just a, a more modernized point of sale system yeah. toast is the number one recommended technology yeah. on the show and there's a reason for that. Um, and I didn't tell you to tell me to, to tell no, you to no, no. Are they a sponsor? They're, they have been. And, well, you um, know, and they, I, I gotta say that they've actually been very good, not back and forth, but, um, I'll give Charlotte the shout out. There's the, like, I've actually had the person from the get go that they answer my phone calls. Yeah. You know, they answer my phone calls and that's, that's big to me. They aren't a current sponsor, but they are, <laughs> they are an affiliate. Meaning if you guys choose to go with toast, please reach out to me so I can make the introduction. Don't even Google search toast. Email me, Eric at restaurant Hey, but I get, I get I'll kickbacks make, too. I'll, I'll send you a check too, buddy. Um, <laughs> And I, I I will personally connect to you, and it so it so much supports the show. So thank you in advance if you use our links. And this is the last question. Are you ready for it? Yeah. It's a doozy. So ears open. Uh, if you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the news of or all the memories of you, your work, and your restaurants would be lost with your departure, with the exception of three pieces of wisdom that you could leave behind for the good of humanity and for your legacy. What would those three pieces of wisdom be? Pretend you're talking to your kids here. Ugh. I know this sounds bad. Like I said, you're, you're not entitled to anything. You got to earn it. One, I 100% um, agree with that. Just don't don't accept me. Actually, exceed. Two. Just try to yeah, exceed expectations. And then a third one. Third one. Um, Win your morning, man. Yes, yeah. beautiful, awesome stuff. I've loved this conversation. Uh, before we say goodbye, we have to have it. We have to have you call somebody out. So, who do you respect? Okay, well, we were talking about this. The yeah. uh, some other great guys here in the Iowa City area have been doing food, and I was telling you the story. It's like I'll, I'll shout out to Ben Smart, and the funny thing about that was I think he's similar. I know he's got kids, and I was we were actually at Brady's wedding. My business partner and he was good friends. He went to like culinary dishes and stuff with Brady. And I, I think it's kind of cute. He's got, a, I know, different values. He's it, he's an intense dude. He's always excellent. I mean, all those guys in that group are excellent. But um, the cute memory, and I don't know if he even knows this, I was at that wedding, and I went back, and I grabbed a thing of Parmesan cheese, and I was putting Parmesan cheese on my, my son's <laughs> um, pasta. 
and Ben's wife goes, do you, you carry Parmesan cheese with you, too? Like, Ben? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and my son's name is Ben, and his name is Ben. He goes, no, he just... He always has Parmesan. He always makes the kids pasta better. So he, a lot of times he has that. And I was like, that's, there you go. Just two restaurant guys <laughs> that are also <laughs> trying to be two awesome dads. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Ben, look out. I'm coming after you. Actually, have you uh, linked up to be on the show tomorrow morning. So I'm excited for that. And how can we connect with you if we listen to the show? Uh, we are inspired by you. Maybe we're interested in coming to work for you. What's the best way to connect? Um, I guess... I don't know. Go on to social media and reach out. DM me. I, I don't DM, know. <laughs> um, I, Jimmy Jacks are old school. Send me an email at jack at jimmyjacksribshack.com. I don't know. Um, but yeah, just, I, you know, I, I've, I've embraced social media. I actually, I, I get addicted to it. I love it. Looking at all these chefs and all these restaurants doing really cool stuff. So it is powerful. Go to Jimmy Jacks Rib Shack. Go, I don't know. Now, this is going to be episode 894. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 894. We'll have a summary of today's discussion as well as a link to any tools or services or books recommended. Uh, I just can't say it again. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story, your knowledge, and your mentorship, Jack. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thank you. No, it was a pleasure. (laughs) Cheers. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Special thanks to our guest, Jack Piper. And actually, as I'm recording this, I just wrapped up my final interview in Iowa. We, uh, man, seven total interviews and uh, my flight leaves tomorrow morning. And we're going to get right back to work uh, with things going on in the network. Next week, we have Roger Bodwin still trying to lock down the day, but it's going to be either Tuesday or Thursday. We're going to be talking about hospitality and superior service for a more profitable restaurant. Uh, can't wait for that conversation. And we already have people in Iowa that we had on the show this week signing up for the network, uh, sharing knowledge. And uh, man, I'm super excited uh, for the, the content we recorded on the road. I'm telling you, Iowa is bringing it. Great conversation great conversations this week and I want to give a special thanks to Sav and Sam.com, Savannah and Sam Hall. They've been on the road with me for about six months now. Not not straight, but three total trips. This was our third trip, and um, I just want to say thank you to them for helping me take this thing to the next level. Um, the, the work they did was great. A lot of fun working with them. If you guys are in need of any videography and social media, I highly recommend reaching out to them. Uh, and I do want to let you guys know that I need to take Restaurant Unstoppable to the next level. And the way that I hope to do that is first and foremost, maybe offering up some other shows and creating opportunities for other people who could be a great host. One of the biggest lessons I've learned on this podcast is that it's all about creating opportunities for others. And I'm set up uniquely in a position to do that for people who have specialized knowledge. So I want to ask you, what conversations would you want us to have? What topics would you like me to go deep into? Email me, Eric at Restaurant Unstoppable. Let me know. I have a massive network. I'll find a host to dive deeper into those verticals. And also, let me know where you want me to go. Is there a city or a state I have not been to yet? Are there people you think I should be getting on the show? Shoot me an email, Eric at Restaurant Unstoppable. And please support this podcast. If you found value in today's conversation, then use our affiliates, support our sponsors, uh, join Restaurant Unstoppable Network, and spread the word about this podcast. We need your support. That's it, guys. Until next time, peace out.